Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 60. Um, hmm. Motherfucker, I didn't think of anything. All right. Um, you know, yeah, we weren't cool. doing we're that for like the first like 25 podcasts. It's not a rule <laughs> that you have to come up with something for the number. No, no, no. But like, well, we haven't been doing it for the last 25. Yeah, we haven't been doing it for like the last 25. You just one. keep saying like, oh, I got nothing. You don't have to have anything, Cass. I like you just the way you are. Yeah, but I, 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 should, I should have something. Um uh really over the hill at this point though oh man yeah 60 that's like getting hit by one grim's aftershock thingies there we go i Can did it retire grim's now? aftershock <laughs> things well, hey, yeah i didn't even i was i was so unenthused by that reference i didn't realize it was wrong <laughs> oh my god the character that, is breach Cass. that same they're the same fucking person <laughs> One's a Swede, one's an American. There's a big difference. Same, same fucking shit. I get them mixed up all the time. Um, so yeah, does everyone in game too? It'd be like, oh yeah, like breach, do this. I'm like, dude, I'm Brim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if I say breach, smoke tree. <laughs> like, I mean, come on, context clues. Breach, rotate. Okay, yeah. obviously that's not a good call. <laughs> breach, trade. Or like I say, breach, breach. Hit it's 80. quite literally not a good call. Yeah, which yeah. is also not a good call. But like, if I say, yo. Breach, smoke tree for me. Like, come on, you can figure it out. No, oh, then the um, breach is just gonna be so confused. He's gonna like <laughs> pull out a flash, thinking it's a smoke, and you're gonna get blinded and die. It's a whole thing. Just don't, don't right. even bother. Say the names right. Um, Chase, what are you drinking? Yeah. Um, tonight I am still making it through um the grab bag of beers from my father's place. Um, so tonight. I have a crisp and refreshing cold Coors Light. Mm. Uh, he's got the blue mountains and everything on it, which means it's cold. Beautiful. I don't know why more companies don't do something like that. It's with probably their cans. a gimmick. It's probably a patented gimmick. Did I did I tell you guys what uh, my professor at the Naval Academy told me about Coors Light with the blue mountains? If I said that What's on that? The podcast, so basically, uh, at the end, he taught a class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and every Friday he would give what he called a sermon, which wasn't religious at all, but it was basically him just like uh, going off on something that wasn't related to our rhetoric class at all. And he, um, one of the times, gave one that really stuck with me, where he said, like, life is too short to drink shitty beer. Here's the thing you need to know. The companies that produce lower quality beer make such a big deal of drink our beer cold because they want you to have it so cold that you can't taste the flavor very much. It's still refreshing, but like it's shit. Good beer. You want to have cellar cool, not fridge cool. And so that's why cores and stuff are like, get it super cold because they don't want you to really notice the nuances of the flavor, which are terrible. Now, you know, he was definitely a bit of a elitist, a bit of a snob. I, I could always go for a Coors light or a Bud light, but I, I thought that was interesting. Now I think that, well, I understand what he's saying. I think it is a like a no shit kind of question or kind of statement. Like, well, to no be fair, shit, it tastes better cold because like that's just how this beer tastes better. And you're you want to drink like if you're drinking a beer, you want to taste it in the way in which it tastes the best. And if that's super cold for a beer and cellar cold, quote unquote, for another beer, then you fucking drink it in that way. Like it doesn't make one beer superior to the other. Oh, I fully agree. Um, what I will say is that the, the class was like a freshman, sophomore kind of class. So it's, you know, for us as seasoned veterans of beer drinking, it makes a little bit more sense, I think, than 
it did for the average person in this class. Yeah, yeah Cassidy just be things... like, oh, I totally agree, 100%. Well, yeah, but we'll I was just going to say, one of, one of the other things I was going to say is um, <clears throat> I remember reading about this in, like, the Washington Post at one point. But there was this guy who uh, who cheated in a uh, eating spicy food contest um, by putting a bunch of ice cubes in his mouth in between rounds to just numb the shit. That's out of his wild. taste buds <laughs> so that he could handle the the like the the super spicy food <laughs> so his tongue was blue here. rather than the mountains <laughs> yeah um yeah this the, the it being super cold so you can't really taste it reminded me of that yeah um yeah well yeah i don't know if anyone's probably... drinking Coors light because it's a good tasting beer yeah yeah probably not nobody who no. likes beer anyway um hunter's probably got the most interesting one so let me go next here uh, I was out of beer this morning and I planned on going to the liquor store when I got off work, but during work today, one of the members came in and handed me a 24 pack of coconuts. Mm. Nice. So I brought 12 of them home. Um, you drank the other 12, damn. Yeah. Um, no, actually I did not have a beer at work, which was a bit surprising. Cause like, it was pissing rain today. Like, there was literally no one there. I definitely could have sat around and drank a beer. Um, but no, I uh, I brought 12 of them home with me and gave gave the other 12 out to other people. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I'm drinking drinking some Coconese tonight. Another light beer that's... I mean, I've had it probably best, a million times on the yeah, pod. Best served Glacier Fresh, mm. which I presume to mean drink it cold. Ogany <laughs> might be my second favorite light beer. After what? What's the number one? Corona, baby. Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with a Corona. Yeah, yeah. but the Ronas aren't cheap. No, but it's light. Yeah, but Coconese are cheap. Wait, what about well, like Pacific? Coconese not. Eh, no, Coconese. Part, are not, not, part of the issue with not, Ronas not is you have to get the glass bottle, which costs more because you're not going to yeah, get well, a can. Yeah, no, fuck a Corona yeah. can. Um. But Chase, what about the? Do you prefer Kokanee over um, Pacific Pills? Yeah. Okay. Pacific Pilsner is way cheaper, which is why you would buy that. Mm, okay, um, I didn't realize it was that much. But Kokanee is is yeah, it's probably like ten bucks cheaper for the like twenty four pack. Ten bucks, wow, something like that for a fifteen okay. pack or something like that. Mm, yeah. Right. I didn't realize that Pacific was that much cheaper. Um. Yeah, Kokanees are are fine. I, I I don't know if I used to I used to know which beer I called the best of the worst. Um, I don't anymore. So I could see Kokanee being in that category. It's up there. Like back in high school, it used to be a PBR. Yeah, that that was definitely like, back in high school. But then it's like now I really taste the weed. In the yeah, PBR. it's like now now I really don't want a PBR. But <laughs> back funny. in high school. PBR was definitely, like, the best of the worst. Like, if I was at a party and someone's like, yo, you want a beer? Like, that was what I was hoping they were going to hand me. Because I know that they weren't going to have anything actually good. Yeah, um, funny. Fun fact, I didn't drink at all in high school. I, I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I actually didn't have any alcohol until I was 21. Because my uh, morals and such have shifted a lot over the years. Like, mm -hmm. if I went back in time now to high school, I absolutely would have some drinks, but I didn't at the time. Wild. Yeah. 
Yeah. You also Logan didn't play Hunter. Valorant in high school, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good in two straight shooter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I for- I completely forgot that you prefaced this beer last week. It's not and a beer. Oh, whatever, whatever, whatever the not a beer. Whatever drink yeah. you're yeah, having, you you're prefaced yeah, it you were, last week. Yes. You were singing the praises, and off. we told oh, you yeah. not to spoil anything. So now I'm excited again. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, here it you is. S- you did say. Oh my oh, god. god! Do you guys know what this <laughs> hey, is? Yeah. Little Classe Case, Azul. Case holds like fucking eight bottles of them. Really? Well, okay. That that makes <laughs> okay, me feel. Not uh, eight. My thunder has been stolen a little bit, but uh, <laughs> still, it's it's a cool. Uh, Wait, ring the bell! Ring the bell! Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You have, can you ring the bell? Wait, what? Okay, so like, like make, smack the top. make the make yeah, the top, the top a little bit a little loose. Bit. Okay, pull it off a little bit and then yeah. smack the top. It it's more of like a clank than a bell at the moment. No, 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 no. Hit you gotta, you gotta like right. yeah. Side. yeah, like like quicken out. Oh yeah! Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Holy heck! <laughs> Okay, well, I was hoping that no one would know what this drink is, but uh, clearly Chase does, which makes sense because he is the tequila guy. And yeah, for me, the tequila guy. this, okay, so for anyone who's just utterly confused, like what the heck are they talking about? Because this is kind of a video podcast moment, even though we don't have one. This is something that looks sort of like a part of a lamp. Um, I'll, I'll definitely post a picture in drinks in the, uh, the text channel in the Discord so you can see what I'm talking about. But it's hand-painted, every bottle, with a, a neat metal top. It's Classe Azul Tequila Reposado, and it is the most amazing tequila I've ever had. It doesn't really taste like tequila. Like, I looked at the website, and I would have said it's kind of a butterscotch flavor. They say it's hazelnut, vanilla, clove, cinnamon, and a subtle hint of agave syrup, um, which gets that flavor by uh, aging for eight months in American whiskey casks. Um, And yeah, basically, the head chef of the pantry where I work, he bought this for our Christmas celebration uh, dinner that we, oh, lunch that we had like at our kitchen. And then he said, hey, you should take this for your podcast and have it on podcast. So it's sort of an unofficial sponsorship because um, this was specifically provided to me for this, the purpose of this podcast, which is pretty cool. So I am enjoying it really cool. very much. It might be my favorite. I'm ha- trying to decide if there's anything. I, I don't like to say one thing is my favorite, but it's up there for my favorite and it might be my favorite liquor I've had. And I'm not a tequila guy. That's how good it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited that you, that you have a bottle of it because uh, it's yeah. so delicious. It really um, is. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth the price as like a a good sipping tequila. So. Oh yeah, it's so easy Wait. to drink. Too easy to drink. Hey, yeah, Chase, you're not gonna you're not gonna give him shit for having ice in that glass. I mean, I didn't notice that, and I would definitely not drink it over ice. But, um, well, I think of, that. Oh, I don't you know, really have you know, the freezer space to get it cold. Gotta, you got to make sure it's cold so it masks the flavor, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will admit that I will th- – this is pretty embarrassing, and I really should edit this out, but I'm not going to. Uh, when it comes to, you know, pure liquors, I'm not at the point yet where I can drink one warm without, like, you know, coughing and stuff. like uh, Or right. even at, like, room temperature. I really need the little bit of masking just so I can handle the flavor. So <laughs> I don't doubt that it's better that way. It's just I couldn't handle it, so – yeah, and I will say it is a reposado, so it does have a bit more of that like um, tequila bite um, than yeah, like Compared to an añejo, an, right? añejo would yeah. yeah, which like most like really nice tequilas are going to be añejos, and Clase Azul does have an añejo as well. It's just not as popular, um, but it's because the reposado like is more of like a, a tequila drinker's tequila, 
because it's aged and it has a lot of that like caramely flavor. Oh yeah. But uh you still get you feel like you're drinking tequila. It tastes like tequila still, other than like a sweet syrupy drink. Yeah, the weird thing is that like, you know, the agave is usually so like forward in in like tequila and it really isn't in this, which just completely surprised me. But then again, that's me only drinking like very standard tequilas. I've had a couple somewhat nicer ones. So I haven't really explored this realm of like artisan tequilas, but my God, is this one special? I'm loving Yeah, we've got, um, yeah, at, at our house, we've got three of them as our mantelpieces. <laughs> that is wild. Chases. I came in here thinking you guys would be like, whoa, I've never seen that. And instead you guys are like, <laughs> welcome to the club. So I still feel cool, but in a different way than I expected to. Well, uh, Chase's dad got him uh, quite a few of them when he was out here. And so like, yeah, yeah he, he buys time. me one for like my birthday and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember the first time Chase's That's dad cool. came out for Thanksgiving and we're sitting around the uh, the dinner table after Thanksgiving dinner. And his dad was like, all right, like now Cass, I've heard you're not into tequila. You're going to have a fucking glass. <laughs> and i'm like no 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 like really like i'm okay like I've, I've got like i've got beer like you bought us some wine like i'm really digging the red wine here and he's like no no no, shut the fuck up you're you're drinking a glass of this yeah and this is like the one tequila that Cass will drink when i break it out so yeah. um also at the end of that trip where uh where my dad had that bottle that we split um he texts me when he's like in the airport after I drop him off and he's like, Hey, like I, I left you a surprise, like in your closet, go check it out. And, uh, so I open like the door to my closet in my bedroom and there's a bottle of class a Azul on the top shelf. I'm like, Oh sick. Like that's awesome. And I, I pick it up and duct tape to the back of it is nice. <laughs> is what? Uh, a spoon off ice. Oh <laughs> yeah. His, his dad iced that's us great. a lot. Oh, that God. trip. That's funny. Yeah, and he was like, he was super excited to like make us find them at like optimal times for him. <laughs> so like, like he duct taped one like to the underside of like our washer, um, and like tossed like a a couple like dish rags to Tony and was like, "Yo, Tony, go wash these." <laughs> like just to make Tony go downstairs and open the the washer to toss him in and find oh the ice. Um, he taped one to the underside of my toilet. <laughs> oh no, I guess I didn't have my own toilet, so I guess I I was just the one who found it. Because uh, Tony, Chase, and I had like shared a bathroom. Um, so it was just taped to the underside. Both like both the lids were down, and it's like, well, there are three dudes that live here. Something's up. Yeah. Um. Now, good, not so much. Good weekend. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have my own bathroom, so if the lid's down, Ooh. also something's up. Um, okay, Valorant. We're on a new act now. now. We're on a new episode now. Oh, that's what I'm at. Yeah, new episode. New episode of Val and Drunk Valorant. Yep. How about that? Wild. Whoa, the twofer. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a... Fuck, I was gonna... Whatever. Screw it. Um, so now... <laughs> Hunter, I know you. I don't think you've played a ton of games since the since the reset, have you? You're gonna single uh, no. out Hunter here? No, I, no. I think I've well, only played with you. Well, no, that's not yeah. true. I played some Swift plays without you, but I haven't actually okay. played any comp games without you. Yeah, like Chase, are are you ranked at this point? No, I've played three games. Okay, you played three. Got it. I played two. Okay, so I guess I'm the only one that's ranked. Yeah. Man, oh no, I'm gonna be fucking bronze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought dude. it was going to be bronze, dude. Well, because you lost all five of yours, right? No, 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 four. I won my last one. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like we, we, I'm currently uh, one and two. We stomped our last one, which was a little unfortunate because, like, I think had I gotten that as the game, like, after I got placed, like, then it would have been, like, a huge RR bonus. Yeah. You know, like, we won 13-1. I had a pretty good game. Like, yeah, but no, it was that was just my last placement game. So I, I won one of four and played i think i played pretty well in two of them and we just lost and then two of them i played like yeah like a fucking bronze (laughs) um yeah so i dropped two whole ranks um down to well i guess not quite two all ranks i went from plot two silver three and to be honest i was expecting it to be worse because i saw in one of my placement games there's a neon who was like diamond one or diamond two from the previous act and was in silver one after their placement games. Wild. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like hearing a lot of people dropped heavy, Mm -hmm. um, which is fair. Like that's always what they do. Um, And I don't know. Hunter was talking a little bit bit about it in the general chat in our discord that, you know, you can see this as not a fuck, like all my progress is gone, but like a, Hey, I could have been stagnated where I was at the rank that I was. And this just allows you that, like, yeah. euphoria of climbing again. Mm-hmm. Which I really like looking at it like that, because, yeah, Thanks. like, fuck, I, w- I was stuck in, like, gold three, plat one for a long fucking time. Um, And now, even if I'm placed in fucking bronze, like, it'll be fun to try to get back through. Even yeah. though it's silver, which is fucking bullshit. Silver is the most bullshit rank I've ever been in in my life. But, like, it'll still be fun, because you get that ability to be, like... Oh, hell yeah, I got the rank up. I got the double rank up. Like, that yeah. feels really good, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Speaking of which, Cass did get a double rank up earlier today. So that's not just a hypothetical. I did. did. And yeah, like, I lost. I went up. I've gone up 30 for both of our wins, and I went down 9 for our loss. Oh, my God. Oh, so. no. Um, I guess that that probably has something to do with the fact that you did so crappy in your placement games that like, if you would have done better in your placement games, I'm guessing your like actual, like your revealed MMR would have been, well, your revealed rank would have been closer to your hidden MMR and therefore you wouldn't have been so low and then slingshot. I'm, I'm curious how much your placement games really affect it right now. If you haven't played a lot of Val, in a while, I could see your placement games having a big impact. But they're generally just trying to move you below your hidden MMR and see if you can make it back there. Yeah, and, and see if you can make it back, right? And I've, I've been playing a good number of games. So like last act, I think I played, you know, call it 60 to 70 games. And so they probably have a good idea of what my actual MMR is. And now I'm a very hot or cold player, so, you know, maybe there's a bit of variance in there. But I, I'm curious as to how much my placement games really make a difference. Here's my theory, Cass. My theory is that with the new episode, you take everyone's hidden MMR and they chop it down by a certain amount. And then your placement games have a huge impact, not on your hidden, hidden MMR, 
they have a zero impact on your hidden MMR, but they have a ton of impact on what rank you get like placed in. So your revealed rank. Um, that theory is definitely supported by your experience. Um, <laughs> great sample size there. Um, and I, the, the purpose of that that makes sense is that, you know, suppose there's a guy who um, took a long break from Val and hasn't played in like over a month. And so then he does terrible in his placement games. And then, you know, he's placed way lower than he was before. But then, you know, he starts losing more games than he wins because he's just really rusty. Well, then, yeah, now that's going to drag his hidden MMR down. And that way he's not ruining uh, the experience for people closer to his hidden MMR. Where on the other hand, you have a, a person like you who was dragged down a lot and now gets to quickly climb back up. So that makes my theory makes some sense to me. But uh, what do you guys think? I mean, I think that my theory is similar, but a little different. In that, I d also don't think that your hidden MMR changes much, other than it would in a normal game, right? Like if you're a normal ranked game after you've been placed, I think affects your hidden MMR the same as each of those placement matches. Um, and I think that they have a set. We want to drop everybody by X number of ranks, mm -hmm. just to like you know push everybody down, make sure like you know all the people that were up in like Ascendant, Immortal, Radiant, whatever, don't they're all pushed down to diamond. So everybody gets pushed down. Um, but I think that they basically just put you at that X number of ranks lower, unless something crazy happens in your placement games. Like, I think it's similar to at the end of an act when yeah. you do like your, what is it? One placement game. Right, right. Is yeah. It three? I, think it goes, yeah. I think it goes five, three, and then one. Yeah. As you progress through the act. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So what when you do those placement games, they often just put you back at the exact same RR level. Like, they don't even put you in the center of a rank. Like, if you yeah. were at 10 RR before, then you're going to be at 10 RR again. Unless something crazy happens. Right? Where they can tell, like... I, I swear, even if you throw, you're not going to be placed lower. It's only really if you're, like doing insane insanely well that they might push you up chase i think another factor you might not be considering there with that reset is something that i don't know has affected any of us which is that at the start of each act um riot is looking to smooth out the curve of rank distribution the, the way they want so you might also be pushed up or down based on how riot wants to distribute the ranks which also isn't dependent on your performance but like that could have an impact yeah yeah, I think so. I think it's literally just up to them. Like literally, like your placement game basically has zero impact on those. And I think that likewise in in these big episode ones, your placement game has close to zero impact on where you get placed, um, unless you're like you pop off and drop over thirty kills every time, and they're like, okay, well we're gonna put them a little bit higher. Or if you get zero kills every game, okay, a little bit lower. Like, unless something is really on the extreme, I don't think it affects it very much. Yeah, one like, thing, as you were talking about that, one thing that I thought of is that if we assume your, your placement games, like, have the same effect on hidden MMR as a normal game, well, there's one thing that's very different about your placement games than a normal game, and that's that because of the squish, you are more likely, assuming there are no Smurfs, which is a huge assumption, but assuming there are no Smurfs, you are more likely to be in a lobby with a person of much higher hidden MMR in a placement game than you would be in a normal game. Which means that if you do really well against them, 
then you have the potential to increase your hidden MMR by a lot more than you normally would in a regular ranked game, if I'm thinking about this correctly. Yeah. So you could potentially, if you do really well, you know, positively boost your hidden MMR more than you would normally be able to. Yeah, and I think I, that, that that affects what your hidden MMR is once you get placed and like what your RR values yeah. are then for the rest of the act, like are starting off. But I don't think it really affects where you're placed in what exact rank what you're revealed as. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, along the lines of what Hunter was saying, yeah, there were some, like, I definitely noticed that in the post-game screen for, like, if you go over to the performance tab and it shows how you did against each individual person yeah. and you get, like, the stars and stuff, like, there were some stars next to some things that I wasn't really expecting. Mm -hmm. um, like, you go but... negative against someone and you get a gold star, and you're like, wow, their yeah. hidden MMR must be yeah, so exactly. much higher than mine. Yeah, like, uh, there, was, there was a Killjoy that I was, like, four and three against, and I had a gold star. Should we take a... I'm just realizing. Should we take a super quick pause to just explain um, to people who might not know what hidden MMR is? Because I feel like probably most of our audience understands. We've been throwing around those terms. There's a potential someone doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah, for it. I'll just go for it. I'm the explainy guy. And so anyway, basically, there's your revealed rank and your RR within that rank. Like, what your progress is towards the next one. But And that's what you see. But then Riot has this secret system that they have told us little bits and pieces about, but you can't directly check into. Where basically, you're on a ladder. Basically, everyone who plays Valorant is on a ladder of some sort um, from the worst player to the best player. And you uh, essentially need a certain amount of points to climb up in that. You, you need to improve to climb up that ladder, which Riot gets a sense from based on different things at different ranks. But the biggest constant through all the ranks is your engagement MMR, meaning how well you do versus people who are higher ranked than you. And how well you do versus people who are lower ranked than you. Doing poorly against people who are lower ranked than you hurts your hidden MMR. And doing well against people who are better ranked than you really helps it. And then wins and losses play into that as well. So essentially the idea is Riot is trying to determine what rank you really belong at. And then that will affect how much like RR you see that you're getting from um, wins and losses. If you're getting way more from wins than losses, that means Riot thinks you, be you belong at a higher rank your revealed rank is going to is trying to push up to that and then if you're receiving way more for losses it's saying uh, you know you're you're boosted <laughs> you need to go down a little bit so there you go quick uh ELI5 for uh people who might not know yeah so i think that it's really just a placement games affect your hidden mmr and yeah like you were saying i guess they do have the opportunity to affect your hidden mmr more because you could be playing against somebody that was ranked diamond uh, and you do really well against them, and so they have yeah. a really high hidden MMR, that increases your hidden M MMR a lot. Um, but it doesn't really affect where you're placed, which mm -hmm. I think then makes sense why there's a big shot of, like, double rank-ups after you're placed. Because you might still be placed in the, in the uh, rank that they thought, but your hidden MMR is significantly higher because you played against all these random people who have much higher hidden MMRs. Mm -hmm. Um... And then they think you're higher, and then you can get a double rank up because you're outside of their uh, their boundaries of where you should be in relation to where yeah where they think yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that I'd be curious to know about is 
And I don't think there's any way that we're ever going to figure this out. But I guess we could pseudo test this using like Alex, maybe. But like, if someone who was significantly better than me played my placement games, how would that, like, would would they give me a different rank, right? Now, and like I said, there's no good way to actually test this because, well, I would need to play my own placement games to get a baseline, and then somebody else would also need to play my placement games to get a, you know, to, to see where they end up placed. The only The only way that I can really think that this would work is if I actually played, like, if I played on an alt to the point where I basically played the exact number of games, like, or, like, a pretty good number of games on both my alt and my main, and they were at the same rank, and they probably have a fairly equal hidden MMR, assuming you played enough games, and then I'd play the placement games on my main, somebody else would play the placement games on my alt, and we'd see if they got placed in different ranks. Which, yeah, that's like, exactly what I was thinking, too, when you, when you were talking about it. Uh, I'm just going to say, Hunter, you're still muted, in case you didn't know that. Um, but... Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, you got to have an alt at which are probably at the same, um, like hidden MMR that mm-hmm. you believe are right. So, like, yeah. if you're playing yeah. equally on both, or you're gotten to the same rank and you're going about up and down the same amounts, then you'd be able to have somebody significantly better than you play the placement games on that account. Mm-hmm. And I'd I'd be curious to see if they got placed different. Like, I I don't know, but yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I know what my revealed rank is, but you guys want to place any bets on what yours are going to be? So, yours was Silver 3. Yes. Correct? Yeah. And you were Plat 2 before, or were you Plat 1? That's a good question. I might have been 0 RR in Plat 2, or like 90-some in Plat 1. I don't remember what happened you, you at were the in very plat end two. of the act. I know it was in plot two, like the day rank was cl- like ranked was gonna close for the update, but then like we lost a game or two, and then we won a game, and then we lost another game. I'm not sure if I was at zero RR plot two yeah. or if I was like I, I was I was right around like ninety RR plot one and zero to ten RR plot two. Yeah, I was, I was checking sure on Tracker. I actually ended on. And I can't confirm because your last game was Plat 2, but, like, you could have deranked from that game. So I, I can't confirm. I could have. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I mean, I, I my bet would be Silver 1, but I could see Silver 2 as well. I don't think I'll drop to Bronze, even though I was saying that earlier in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, may, maybe I will. You know, if I <laughs> really... You're going to be stalling I, some I Bronzes. I don't think I'll drop to Bronze, but I, I'm thinking Silver 1. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I'd be well. This will this will be a good test, right? Because our theory is that perhaps the placement games do have a fairly high impact on where your revealed rank gets placed. No, at least that's that's what my theory is. (laughs) (laughs) Quite the opposite of my theory, but yes. Well, I mean, we both agree about the hidden MMR not changing very much. The question is, to what extent the placement games matter? Um, and so. Basically, I'm curious to see. I don't really have a prediction yet because if I do really well in my placement games, 
I'm already I'm one and one, so basically it's a the I'd have to lose the next three to be as bad as Cass in his placement games. <laughs> so basically, it looks like I'm going to do better than Cass in my placement games. In which Ouch. case, maybe I have maybe I have a chance of getting silver three as well, even though I was gold three. However, um, maybe not. So well, once I do my once I'm when I when I have one more placement game, I feel like I'll have a guess. I think okay, everybody that I know of has dropped two ranks. Really? I don't Are know. You like two that's two total ranks? Not necessarily. Two I mean, total you didn't ranks, drag, drop two, two total visible, ranks. Yeah. No, like two visible ranks. Yeah, cast means two colors. Well, but that's of weird. Rank. Two but, colors of rank is what he yeah, means. Yeah, two colors of yeah. ranks. But yeah, but how does that compare when you're in gold three versus plat one? Yeah, yeah. Like, right. That doesn't I, make I sense. Why? Why you would drop a whole extra rank? I or like that would be like yeah. like two two more than the other person, right? Yeah. All I know is everybody I've seen so far or have talked about this with so far has dropped two visible ranks. Actually, hold on. I, I didn't actually talk about this with Alex, but I wonder where his alt placed. His old place gold. Uh, oh yeah, but his old was diamond. His old was in diamond, so he also dropped two color ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I don't actually know. Um, so that would that would put me in bronze. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I that would not. put both of us in bronze. Um, you were gold at the end of the act. Yeah, I was gold three. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, I was stuck in gold three for a while. I was in. Pretty big losing streak. Yeah, so was I. I was so close. I I had a rank up game with you guys, and then that was when I did terrible on Phoenix. Yeah, uh, it was. It sucked. I never. Oh, I've never it, been to plat yet. Up, was that your rank up two plot? Yeah. Oh, oh I, didn't, so I don't think I knew that. Damn. No, I, I, I didn't, didn't say that. it. I didn't yeah. say it because yeah. I didn't want to jinx it. I like, I knew it going it, into the game. Yeah, it yeah. like it's not like I would have. Like. It's not like Wouldn't I would have, have been any able different. to try harder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like I would have been able to try any harder. Well, because it's not like I was throwing the game. Yeah, because I was a little well, over maybe... 50 RR, and then I had the great Phoenix game, and I got, like, plus 32 RR or something, like, insane. And so then that easily put me on my rank of game, and then, needless to say, I didn't rank up. And the thing that sucked is that even though I played terrible that one game, we also had two games that same day that went into overtime. And if we had won both of those instead of losing both of those, I probably would have ranked up anyway, despite the, yeah. the bad game. So. I, I think that same game I was was my rank up back to plat as well, um, but I never got there again. Mm. Well, I okay. did. I do this act have a full act triangle of plat though, which I'm happy about. I missed out by like two games in the last act. Yeah, I have, I have an insane amount of gold three in my act triangle. I'm, I'm sure. I'm so close to having the all plot two act rank and i don't i'm like a game or two off mm. um well you're, you're a little not like you show, show it anyway yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah, you don't yeah, show yeah. it so what does it matter that, that's too much pressure but um, your uh, act rank is like the youtube dislikes that only the creator sees and don't matter yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah uh yeah i don't i don't want people to know like you know what if i'm having a good game i want you to wonder whether i'm a smurf or not and if I'm having a bad game, I don't want you to fucking flame me. Be like, oh, dude, how were you fucking pot last act? Like, ugh. That sounds yeah, a little cowardly to me. Back in my day, back when I started Valorant, people could see your actual rank the whole game. It was displayed yeah. on the scoreboard. <laughs> and we did all right. That, that, was, that was the thing that I was planning to, yeah. Um, okay, I, I'm going to send you something in the in the chat here. Um, you can pull it up for reference, but it's not 
crazy important. Okay, but basically, there there are a couple things I want to talk about regarding the 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 pick rate for um the open qualifiers that are happening for the Ascension League right now. Um, oh yeah, I haven't actually looked at any of the games, but I did know that like they they're going off right now. Okay, so basically, there's well. We'll get back to this later. Uh, but basically, Chamber and Harbor both have a 0% pick rate. After how many games played here? Well, uh, when this was posted, they're in the upper round of 32, and they started with 256. Oh, That's wow. a lot of games. That's a lot of games. And not a single team ran not Chamber a on a single team. map? Nope. Not a single team has run either a Chamber or a Harbor on any map that's fucked okay now oh. we'll, we'll get back we'll get back to the elephant in the room in a second here but uh, whoever clipped or whoever took a screenshot of this um left out the maps right that are on the left hand side so now we get to play a fun game where we get to decide or we get to try to figure out what map is each um each row based on the agent pick rate oh, oh cool. interesting interesting that's fun um yeah and now i will try and go and i will try and after the podcast is over i'm gonna try and go find an unclipped version or un- oh, you don't know cropped. the answers yeah i don't know the answers i'm gonna go and try to find an uncropped version and so we can corroborate and and try to figure it out now the one that immediately jumps out to me is there is a map that Astra has a 97% pick rate on. And that's got to be Pearl. You think so? I think it's got to be Pearl. Is Astra that meta on Pearl? Yeah. Well, let's look at the rest of the team comp for that one. Yeah, hold up. Because... Where did you send this in chat? I'm not seeing it. It's, it's in... in the, uh, in the like, voice chat chat. You know how oh, they have Oh, shoot. Okay. Also, this is another very visual thing. So, like, let's we'll post this in the Discord. But yeah, um, if you want to play along with us, go ahead. We're not going to know the answers, I guess. But uh, well, I'm going to come out here swinging and say that 17% Yoru is bind. Well, is that okay? Well, actually, so wait 100% up. pick rate though. Yeah, that, that doesn't could just sound be right. one team. That could just be one team playing your well, isn't right? fade okay? Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't fade more meta than Sova on bind, or am I, I wrong? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think you're so never mind. It might be Yeah, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the thirteen percent. So just for just to be clear, Yoru has a seventeen, a thirteen, a three, four, and four percent, and then three zeros. So I'm gonna say maybe the thirteen is bind because there Sova is also thirteen and Fade oh, is and a forty four. Yeah, 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 okay. That's not, that's so gotta the, be bind. Yeah, the yeah. bottom is like locked in bind. Like no way it's not. Okay. Yeah. Now, I I still think the ninety seven percent Astra. Is okay. Well, I'm. I was just wondering, like, these aren't alphabetical order. <laughs> just uh. Well, I, I mean, if bind if, is at the if bottom. If bind at the not. bottom, then yeah. no. Then yeah. no. Right, right, I was just, right. I, that would kind of ruin it, you know, if the if the maps were in alphabetical order. But I, I don't. don't th- I don't think they are because I feel really confident that that's bind. Um, and I would weird... agree that that is Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, also Viper at 69%. That's bind. And you got Brim at 81. Yeah. Right, right. Who? What What map do you run Viper Brim on besides bind? Yeah. I can't think of one. 
Okay, so that's that, and raise hundred percent like that one. I mean, bottom fracture. row, bottom row. No, they're neon zero. Yeah, yeah. Bottom yeah. row has to be. Fun, oh, which, oh okay, then, then two two do, up from that is fracture. Yeah, that's good to say. Yeah, has to be fracture. Yeah. yeah, because brim eighty six and neon forty three. Neon forty three and breach a hundred percent. Yeah, that's fracture. That's a dead giveaway. That's fracture. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that row from top to bottom. This is three, so hard to follow if yeah. for people listening. Yeah, we might want to go <laughs> over this pretty quickly. Give more yeah. context. Yeah, because yeah. I just feel um, like this is gonna be losing people. Okay. Now I think 100% pick rate on both Viper and Cipher has to be Breeze. Oh yeah, I can't see Wait. any other. Yeah, because Chamber's out apparently. Chamber's no out. No one fucking picking Chamber. Yeah. Um, and then I think row two with 90% breach and the 70% omen is probably, uh, is probably split. Even? Oh, split's in this? I don't know if split's in this. Wait, actually, wait, row, row I, two? I that back. Hold up, what? Row, row two, two might like... not be. What, what other map do you play breach on besides, uh, Fracture? Wait, row two is um, breach at four, right? Am I tripping? He's talking about row three. Oh, oh, okay. Well, the yeah. first one is just their overall pick rate. The one that's bigger. Is oh, pick rate. oh, I see. Okay, I, I didn't realize that. I'll be honest. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Um. Yeah. So let's go top to bottom. Okay. Okay. So the first one has Killjoy at high percent, Sova at ninety three percent. Killjoy's ninety eight. Okay. Um. Sova ninety three. Jet seventy nine. Ko eighty six. And 75. Omen 75. So those are all the high percentage ones. Yeah. Um, God, Icebox? What, so... No, 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 no. Because you Haven? play Viper on Icebox. Haven, maybe? Yeah. Haven, Haven is what I was Haven. thinking. Yeah. Probably Ascent? Haven. I, I don't uh, think Ascent ooh. because Viper at 33 doesn't make sense for Ascent. But Killjoy at 98. Yeah, oh, it then... could be Ascent. It could be Ascent. Hmm. Oh, oh, sorry. I was I was confused. I was looking at the top row again, like the overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Viper at four percent for ascent makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, is I think Ko ascent. is Ko meta on ascent? Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely meta. Okay. And, so what... and, it, and Sova at such a high percent, I think yeah. yes, it has okay. to be ascent. Yeah, that's ascent. Yeah. But there's another map that has Sova at hundred percent. Oh, that that's freeze. Never mind. We figured that one out. That's okay. Breeze. Yeah. Okay. So this one's ascent. That one. That one's a locked in map. team comp. Yeah. Yeah. That's um now. Uh, what map do you not play KO on? Oh, true. That yeah, there's a zero percent pick rate. There's for a zero percent pick rate for KO on one map. Hmm. What is that map? Okay, well, so that's that's the second row, and we have a breach at ninety, a omen at seventy, jet sixty. So like, would this like be split? Kind of a this low percentage. Could be split. If Split's in this. I just don't even know if Split's in this. I, I don't even know if Split's in this. I feel like it wouldn't be. But but maybe it is? I don't know. No, there are, only seven, there are only seven maps. There's no way Split's in. What do you mean? Oh, because Bind? Because Bind is we're, And we're talking Breeze as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, true. Right, right. So there's no way Split's in this. There's no um, way Split's in. So what map do you not play KO on? Uh, what do you play Breach on? Fuck. Uh, oh, and interestingly, you play, you play Sky on this map more than average. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's, let's, let's figure out what we know it's not. We know it's not Breeze. We know it's not Bind. We know it's not Ascend. It's not Fracture. You, you don't... Right, because, yeah, the... Oh, Haven, was... Haven, Haven, Haven. You Do you play, play Breach 90% on Breach on Haven? You play Breach on Haven. Okay, I can see it. I can see it. Okay. I can see it, too. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. So what does that leave us with? Okay, so one, so one was Ascent, two is Haven. Yeah. Uh, three, did we Freeze determine Pearl. that? Pearl. Pearl. Ashton, 97%. Uh, four is 100%. Uh, that's, that's Breeze. Breeze because there's Salt, 100% pick rates for, yeah. for Cypher, Viper, and, and uh, Sova. Sova. Yeah. And then 93 for Jet. Like, that's Breeze. Mm-hmm. That's Breeze. Yeah, I will say that kind of... Um, in- yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, okay. So I was going to say, we know that's Breeze. We know the one underneath that is Fracture, based off the 100%, 100% breach. breach. Yeah. Um, then under that, we have Bind. Icebox. Oh, yeah. 100% right, right. Viper pick so rate. Icebox and Bind are the last ones, and right? Then Icebox so and Bind. Icebox and I, then Bind. I, I feel like we got it. I feel like there's no way we're wrong about any of these. I think we got it. Yeah. Yeah. What, okay, what, I'm what still shocked at zeros for, for Chamber. Yeah, Chamber and Harbor, 0% pick rate. I think that's a like a meaty topic to get into. So I'm just going to say one thing that I think will be much shorter, which is that I will say this data sort of does support Riot's decision to remove Breeze from the pool because you have three agents, Sova, Viper, and, Ch- and Cypher at 100% pick rates and a lot of zeros. So that does show oh, kind no, of a stale you, meta oh, on Breeze. Oh no, Breeze was solved a long time ago. The only difference is you played a Chamber instead of a Cypher. Yeah. Because the problem is Chamber can no longer trip halls and not be there. And if you're right. going to trip halls, you kind of want to not be there. I will say what, what what is also very interesting to me is that there were several pros when the chamber nerfs were announced who came out and said either, I really don't think this nerf is a big deal, or in at least one case that I saw on Twitter, this is actually a buff to Chamber. And it seems like those contrarians were not correct. Very wrong. <laughs> Based on Very this wrong. Yeah. But, the, but they got a lot of traction. Like, I was, I was sort of keeping an open mind. I wasn't sure whether or not... Because there are obviously some situations in which the change is a buff. It's just that they're very situational. And the question is, how strong would that situational buff be? And it seems like well, the mean... answer is not very strong. <laughs> What this? What this? Wait, sorry. Where, really where, where the fuck is the buff? The buff is um, the, the buff is that you know now elevation isn't an issue, so your ability it to never to like, was. Eh, there well, were, no, there it, were a couple... it was because you couldn't. You, you now you can TP to a different elevation than where you. You were. could already do that. You could already TP if you to if you had different... one set up, but like if you yeah, did it yeah, three round, yeah, then yes, set... that's that's the key thing. Like now you can say you can be like in a position and say oh, the enemies are coming, I want to get out to this elevated position or de-elevated position, throw your TP there, and then you're, you're good to go. Yeah, but like you could have already done that. It was one extra click before. I think the elevation thing is not a change. It was a continuity thing. Yeah. Because if they when they I'm decreased from two to well. one, you wouldn't have been able to go to any elevation. Um, uh, no, no, they're, they're ones that you would just need to find cheekier ways to do it. But there, there are definitely a couple you would not be able to get to, uh, based off 
I'm not saying this well. Damn, I, I know that there are some cases that were mentioned of. I think it's a continuity change. Helpful. It's not a buff in any way. Yeah. Or a nerf. I'm, I'm with like, Chase yeah. on this. Like, there's. I, I can't oh, think of a oh, single well, one, of the, one of the key things is that, you know, before when you had your two TPs, frequently you would put your second TP far enough back that if, you know, things got hairy, you could, you'd be way back. But in some cases, you know, you wouldn't want to be that far back. So in this case, you can put it much more aggressively, play forward, get a kill, and like jump and TP. Basically, you know, it, it is situational, but there are some cases where it's better. And I feel like there are cases that I'm forgetting. But basically, the, the guy on Twitter who made the argument didn't sound like a complete lunatic. He just sounded no. Because I can always, I can always put my second TP like beforehand. I can put my second TP wherever the fuck I wanted, within a given radius. So like, if I wanted to get to an elevated position after I TP, I can do that. The only difference is now I don't have the choice. Well, you yeah, but like your choice before, back. but like your like, choice before was. Basically, it now puts you into a more aggressive role when normally you would have chosen a more passive role. But that's a nerf. Yeah, sure. Because I can always I I just feel like I'm not saying this well at all, and I want to go find the tweet because I agree. I'm sounding like a fucking idiot. There there is... I can't think of it... Now, because they increased the radius of his TP like where you can stand, right? Because that got increased. Like, yeah, technically you can play a cheekier off angle. You have more options of where you can play inside of that radius. Yeah. So basically if you place your anchor down before the change and you're trying to teleport out, you have to be on the same level as that anchor. So if you wanted to play on to- on like a box or something that you can jump onto, you have to place your anchor on that box. Nope. It was pretty high. It was overhead height was the previous height cylinder. Really? Yeah, it was overhead height. I thought you had to be on level. No, like for example, on Icebox, like that cheeky spot on B-Long, that, yeah. people, that box that people can get on top of. I could place my anchor up there, be on ground level, and TP out using that anchor, which is above head height. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that. It's now on top of yellow. If I place my TP on top of yellow, previously, no, I was not able to use that from ground level. Or, like, on top of nest, I couldn't use that from ground level. But, like, rafters on Icebox? Um... That I could be on ground level and teleport out using that. Interesting. I yeah, I had no idea. I've never played chamber, so uh, I I assumed that you'd have to be. So yeah, so that that's just more to to our original point then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it enables you to be in a slightly cheekier off angle than you could pre. Well, pre the most recent chamber nerf, but no, it's 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 a fucking all around nerf, like. They nerfed the shit out of literally everything. Now, there are two ways to look at this, I think, in the scheme of how this has played out, given the data that nobody fucking picked him at all. You can think, okay, well, Riot just thought, fuck Chamber, he's been in the meta for far too long on too many maps. We don't want to, le- like, we want to mix things up. 
people need to start playing the other Sentinels. And so we're just going to take him out of the game, basically. Like, to the we're going to nerf him and buff the other Sentinels. That's a big part of this. To the point where there is no map in which you would rather play Chamber. And they're okay with that. They're okay with the 0% pick rate because Chamber was so dominant last year. And they want something to be different. Hell yeah, let's go. Right? And I think that, that is likely where we're at. The other scenario is that they fucked up in trying to balance the Sentinels. And they've way over-nerfed Chamber while simultaneously buffing the other Sentinels. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what you think Riot's end goal was. Do you think Riot's end goal was, hey, we're going to try, like, similar to what they tried to do with the controllers, of we want to see equal pick rate amongst all the different controllers. Um, do you think they were trying to do that with the Sentinels? Or were they like, Chamber, people have seen too much Chamber, they're getting bored of him, let's get him out. We want to see more Killjoy, more Cypher. I think it could be now, a little column A, a little column B. <clears throat> that basically they really wanted to see more of the other Sentinels because they had been pushed so far into into irrelevance for the most part. And they thought, we're going to err on the side of nerfing Chamber too much and having to buff him later rather than, oh, shit, Chamber is still, like, the dominant Sentinel. Okay, but, okay, well, I, I've got a couple of things to say in regards to that. Number one is, Killjoy is now the most picked agent in the game. That's really cool. I, I love wow. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Wild. I was, I was going to get back to that. I don't think I actually noticed that. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's <clears throat> yeah. ranked you, from most picked to least picked. Yeah. So you don't play Killjoy on Breeze and you don't play Killjoy on Bind. Outside of that, you play Killjoy. Um, and on those two maps, you play Cypher. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, actually. No. On on bind on breeze. you don't on bind you don't you play fucking who who's your info sky yeah oh you play sage a lot a lot of people are playing yeah, sage. yeah a bunch of people playing sage on bind interestingly enough but okay at any rate wait no 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 because that's not bind I'm looking at the wrong one yeah you play sky on bind and yeah I guess you just don't. Fade to be bind. A... Bind has a very interesting team comp. Yeah, like it, it's it's pretty much play, all over the place. Other than you play a raise, you play raise, you play viper, you play brim, and then you pick. Are we between... going back to double controller meta? On bind specifically, yeah, that's always been kind of the meta because you've got the lurk wall A is viper. Yeah, and then you use brim as your actual exec smokes. And the enemy team is always forced to respect the fact that Viper can just be lurking up A. Unless you're actively playing someone in U-Haul. Um, okay, but there, there are a couple things here at play. Number one, as I was saying, Killjoy is just now by far and away, well, actually not by far and away, slightly more than Sova, um, by a single percentage point, in fact. But, like, Killjoy is the most played agent in the pro meta now. And only 4% um, above Jet as well, worth noting. Yeah. Okay, but here's the other thing is, I'm not sure if what they should have been trying to do was balance Chamber amongst the Sentinel role versus balancing Chamber with Jet. Because oftentimes, you're gonna pick either a Chamber or a Jet. 
more so than you're deliberating between do we want a killjoy, a cipher, or a chamber? I think that that might be true in ranked, but is not necessarily true in the pro meta. But I think in the pro meta, if you don't pick a killjoy or, or sorry, if you don't pick a chamber or a jet, you're probably not running the off, which is... No, you are, yeah, I guess it, there that is another thing, but opping is different. Like, chamber was good because he filled both the sentinel role and the opping role, which freed up your ability to choose other duelists. Yes. And have an opper on the team still. But you want an opper on the team. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting that this chamber nerf has caused a massive jet resurgence. Yeah, because if you, well, yeah, you're basically looking at this like, hey, we want an opera on the team because the ops, like the ops, really fucking strong, and then just has one egregious weakness, which chamber and jet nullify at least once at the beginning of the round. Yeah, but I think that it, at the pro level, when you're thinking about team comps, they're most likely thinking a lot more about other utility as well. And so it's more of a balance than in when we're playing ranked about what Sentinel you're playing. Maybe, I mean, obviously I go into ranked games being like, I'm going to opt, therefore I'm picking either Chamber or Jet. Yeah. But I feel like that's and also... unless you're Wardell. Yeah, but even then, like, that's still true for a lot of teams. Like, a lot of teams are like, well, we're not going to forgo opping on defense. Because it's such a powerful tool. Even just the threat of it to force, to force out smokes, to force out flashes. It's saying, hey, fuck you, don't dry peek this. I mean, Fracture. I'm what saying it's it, map dependent. Like, Fracture has a 4% jet pick rate and still a 0% chamber. So, yeah, but prior to chamber, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. All right, you're saying currently. And bind and, as well. And, and bind, bind. So, like, you do forego an opper. Maybe someone else on your team is opping, but, like, you don't, like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, the, it's saying that more likely the team comp matters more in that instance than who's going to be, like, buying an operator. I think right. the real lesson here is nerf jet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's too strong. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I'm going to go back on that statement because Sova has a higher pick rate than jet and Sova does not need to be nerfed. Please buff the shock darts again. Um, yeah, that is interesting that Sova now has one of the worst abilities in the game with the shock darts and he still is second overall in pick rate. In pick rate. You think a shock darts one of the worst abilities in the game? Yes. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Yes, because the know. issue is that okay, I'm not they are okay. chip damage that take a significant amount of time to get very situational value out of. Like you to I'm get, not gonna Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna say the shock darts good. I don't know if they're in the realm of worst ability in the game yet. It's still it's Filthy still good damage. It's good damage, oh. but you have to actually get your shock dart to a position that does damage without you yourself taking damage. And and that's yeah, the trick like, of that. And, and the thing is, you have to get them to a place where you do like enough damage to make it count. Because if someone has time to see your shock dart coming in and move out of the way even a little bit, like Chase was complaining about in, a, in, a, in I think the last podcast, 
you know, they're going to take like 20 damage if they're like starting to move out of the area of it, at which point I it think... really wasn't worth it. Yeah, okay. I, I agree that they're way less lethal now than they were before, but I yeah. think that they will always have value in post plants because you can jump peak, make yourself incredibly hard to hit, and fire one off mid jump peak at the spike. Yeah, but they're not as dangerous. Like, they're unless not, that person's yeah. already low and they have to respect it, they don't have to respect you anymore with but the shotgun. The, but towards the end of the round, there's a good chance that they've taken some damage at some point prior to that. Now, obviously... True, but that's 100... any damaging utility you can do that with. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They're, they're always going to have value. They're always yeah. going to have a Yeah, and also, Cass, you do know that Sova doesn't have any, like, movement abilities, right? Like, the amount of times when you can safely jump peek with your shock dart out are pretty rare. <laughs> what do you mean? I often die it's like same, that. It's yeah. the same as jump peeking with your knife. No, I mean, the issue is, right, okay, so someone, someone taps spike, you jiggle, you see them on spike. Now you have to charge up your shock dart to shoot it, even a little bit. In that, like, 0.5 seconds it takes you to get your shock dart ready to shoot, they could swing pretty far out. Like, there is a decent chance that they saw you jiggle, and now they're swinging, and when you jump out with your shock dart, they're not at all on the spike, and they're ready to shoot you. And you as Sova, yeah, you, know where... you don't have a jet dash. You can't get out of there. Yeah but, yeah, but you know where they're not? On the spike. On the fucking spike, diffusing. You got them off spike. Yes, but if they Good shoot job. you, then they can diffuse for free. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, like, that's my whole point. If okay. you have to face check sure. as, as like... an agent with that doesn't have any, like, movement abilities... That's a tough position to be in, regardless of what utility you're using. That's four seconds off the clock, at least. Here's the, here's the thing. Minimum four seconds off the clock. So, does, so is jiggle peaking that forces I mean, to get off. If you, if you have four seconds off the clock, but then you die and they get the defuse, like, what does that matter? Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Like, sure, there, are, then... there are a variety of ways to get the enemy to respect that you are there and stop defusing. Shock darts okay. aren't, like, super unique in that. No, okay, but then there's also, like, the easy, you know, angle of incidence is angle of reflection, shock dart, shits, to get it to spike. Well, yes, like, but, th but then that issue is, you know, if the person isn't low enough, then, you know, if you're far enough back to have that lineup, then all of a sudden, they might be able to full stick, and you're no, not going to be there. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about a lineup. I'm talking about just, like, a quick mass, one bounce. Yeah, and like Chase was saying in the previous podcast, it's really hard to do like any reliable amount of damage with that because the fall off is so huge. Those quick maths bounce are just so unreliable because what's the odds that your quick maths result in the center ending up on the person defusing? Okay, but then also it could like, happen, and like yeah, it could depending on your plant. Like you might have planted really well for that to happen, but like even doing seventy five is like they could just fucking disrespect you. Yeah, but it, like okay. If I'm not at full HP, right now, if I'm at full HP, now it's it's relatively safe to say that I can tank some shock darts and just stick to half or stick to full based on what the spike is at. But if I'm not at full HP and I see a shock dart coming in, I don't like I don't have an idea of how much damage that's going to do. In the exact same way, you're saying Chase doesn't have a good idea of exactly how much damage that's going to do. Now, if I'm yes, sitting you do 40 realize. HP, yeah. If I'm sitting 40 HP, 50 HP, right? You got to respect it, then. Yeah, I got to respect it. But I also have to respect an incoming KO nade, raise nade. Um, yeah, heck, don't even focus on the the damaging utility. There are most 
most flashes in the game can be thrown from a variety of angles. You can throw a KO flash, Reina flash, Yoru flash, all breach flash, all from a variety of safe angles. And all of those, if you're on the spike and the person can peek you, you have to respect that, I think, more than the average Sova shock dart. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm okay, just saying so that there's, here's the thing. My, so my, you're, I'm you're not saying you're claiming that they yeah. have some utility. I'm saying that, that they have right. some utility. Yeah, and I agree. I'm not saying utility. they're useless. I'm not saying you I might as well not ever buy I them. Think, I think you guys are underestimating. Okay, here. Let me run it through. Killjoy, okay. worst ability is Alarm said... Bot, better than Sova Shock Dart. Jet, Jet Smoke, better than Sova Shock Dart. KO, KO Nade, better than Sova Shock Dart. Omen, Shadow Step, debatable, but after buff, better. Uh, Breach, Aftershock, ooh, that ooh, one's maybe a bit, that one, you know, could be actually in the mix uh viper what would it be snake no, bite no, no. still better breach aftershock breach aftershock definitely above sova darts now okay cool uh sova what would it be his cage um you mean cypher see yeah, i yeah, right yeah cypher cage um probably i i, I honestly don't know <laughs> yeah don't know. yeah that's a rough cypher one is the old no the old yeah, is the old good. is really good now like the it used to be the old would be worse astra it would be the concuss in the old I think, think Astro Concuss is in you. the mix for a worst ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'll uh, tell you next act what I think Cypher's worst ability is. Yeah, Raze, none of her abilities are worse. Fade, all good abilities. Brim, nothing worse. Sage, yeah, yeah I can't think of anything. Self-heal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you isolate the self part of the heal. Uh, Sky, I guess healing the team is her worst ability. Neon, like you guys have her you guys have Sage heal your team bound. <laughs> Funny, Yoru decoy. I mean, I'm running through these, and until you get to Harbor, well, okay, Phoenix with his wall, Phoenix, Phoenix and then wall Harbor is still the worst ability in the game. I, I feel like it's very it. difficult to say that Sova Shock Dart is anything but a bottom three ability in the game. Like we just ran through it, or I did. Okay, what about literally anything Neon has? We, do, okay, Cass, I saved this for before the podcast, but uh, you know, I might need to pull some stats of how my Neon is better than your Jet. Um, no, you're sleeping on the Neon, Cass. You have been for a long time. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to say so. Okay, all right, fine. You guys are convincing me. Yeah, not it's great. bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. And yet he, but then the whole point of that was yet he still has the second highest pick rate. Right, that's what I was saying. Agent. Yeah, that's yeah. where I started this. Compare that to to Harbor and Phoenix, the ones with, with comparable bad abilities. Right. And, and like also, right. You yeah. You would have... But, like, also, like, yeah, like, who would have thought a character that provides you wall hacks is good? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you're picking cheated. him for the drone and for the yeah. ult and for the recon dart. Like, Literally they're all very good. <laughs> other FPSs. <laughs> and you can just pick a sofa. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, Rainbow Six has a, a lot, lot of, of things that stuff, yeah. There's a lot of abilities that are literally cheating in other FPSs. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that point, guys. Like, that, that don't have abilities. Uh, Such as... Um, extra movement speed. I mean, I mean, uh, heck, nobody, if, you, okay. if you could, no, if you no, could no, phase lock someone... If you could Amara no, the, phase lock someone from Borderlands and Valorant, that would be cheating. Okay, but like, yeah, but that's a, PV, that's a, that's a PVE game. I'm you said FPS. In... That's an oh, FPS. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in, sorry, Cass. I'm being okay. Good. When you talk when you talk about cheats in first person shooters, people are talking about wall hacks and they're talking about yeah. aimbot. Wall yeah, hacks and aimbot movement, like like literal cheating. 
yeah in tarkov it's a lot about uh you know flying and movement and you know mm, god mode okay kind of stuff but like wall hacks and aimbot are the two big ones and well, only if you're trying to prove your very narrow point I, I guess I think I think Cass, yeah, Cass, I think you're thinking about CS in particular, in which yes, yeah. which is the closest anal- you know, well, analogy. Yeah, that's to the only other, that's the only other first person shooter. Well, yeah, but if you could move <laughs> faster in Call CS, it would be cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you could yeah, Yoru teleport in CS, yeah, CS is yeah. just called bunny hopping. But uh... <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if now I'd be heck I'd if you could curious. brim Stin Beacon in CS, it would be cheating. I, I, I'd be curious if anybody knows about this, but like, I'd be curious to know if there are any other mainstay cheats in CS that are not wall hacks and aimbot. I, I have no idea. Like literally zero. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying. Look, I uh, presumably someone from our discord has played some CS at some point and might know an answer to this. Cause those are the only two that I'm aware of is people well, I think get wall hacks and people get aimbot. What, what are you going to get caught? less often for and we'll have but yeah no i'm saying that those two you'd be caught less than if you had a literal movement ability oh yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah. literal movement ability like it's just caught. immediate yeah. obvious yeah. cheating like there's, Jet, there's a difference there counter strike no yeah. okay but i wonder if like say you gave your yeah, character man. like call it five percent extra movement speed right something that is seemingly rather benign but might give you some serious angle advantage because in CS, everybody spawns in spawn and everybody gets to leave spawn at the same time. And so like literally the exact position you spawn in in CS is relevant on certain maps because, and people will throw the operator to someone who got like the God spawn. Now that being said, Cass, Mm -hmm. part of the issue is that if you're going to, you know, use a cheat, first of all, Unless you'd made the cheat yourself, you're paying for the cheat and you're risking the account that you're using the cheat on, whether that's because you paid for it or you spent the time to get it to that level. So I think a lot of people would not be willing to have a cheat that might not be a huge advantage um, and, and risking their money and their account for that. So like, while what you're saying is true that you could probably get away with it, I don't think that'd be worth it to many people who'd be interested in cheating. Yeah, unless you're a yeah. pro, and even even then, if you're at that point, and you're like a cheating pro, like people know who can get to what angle first, and so if you show up at an angle before somebody else, and they're like, "That's not possible," they're gonna know. Yeah, or or even if they don't suspect it as a cheat immediately, they'd be like, "Yo, I gotta check this guy's streams out. I gotta figure out what mm-hmm. tech he's using for this." And they're like, "Wait a minute, he's using, he isn't using any tech. Oh, what the heck?" Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it could just be a thing though, like it enables you to overcome the suboptimal spawns for where you want to get to, right? Like a five to 8% yeah. movement speed bonus is like, like, you know, you, you lose that gunfight and you're just like, ah, like he got, he got the spawn he needed. I mean, you just know? think about the advantage on jiggle peeking too. Well, yeah, yeah but true. like, once again, I just don't know who would be willing to risk their standing in the community and account over a cheat that might not move the needle that much. That's... I don't know, like the top level, at the top level, any advantage you can get is valuable, yeah. right? Yeah, just dumb. Right. I mean, like, all, all cheating is dumb, and especially at the top level. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're trying to get inside the mind of a cheater here. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out how they operate. Um, okay, but then the next thing here is, 
We've also got Harbor at a 0% pick rate. Now, Fiat in their last patch came out and said, hey, we just don't think you guys have really explored what Harbor has to offer. And we think that you're not fully utilizing him to his best extent. Yeah, I think, PR, I think PRX will pick him. Yeah, well, I believe. Maybe, but here's, okay. Here's the thing. The Cove isn't very good. Now, and that was highlighted as like, a, oh, this is like a whole new mechanic in the game. But it's, it's not great. The ult is pretty good. The ult, we were just realizing that in, yeah. in a game where Hunter was playing Harbor on Icebox for us, and uh, the ult like won us some serious rounds. It's a lot of good info and forces people to move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, oh, it can be very useful. I don't know if it, it's not like a god tier ult in the game, but like it's very situationally yeah. useful. For the record, you can go back and check the pot on this. I've been saying for a while. I think his ult's pretty solid. Yeah, I think so. I, this was the first time, like, because we don't play with a lot of harbors, mm-hmm. uh, other than when Hunter picks him up. So, yeah. like, this is the first time where I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, we got some actual serious value out of that. Yeah, I personally, my hundred percent win rate on Harbor on Icebox will attest to the fact that I think he's really good on Icebox at the rank level. Now, don't ask me how many games that was. It's definitely not two, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think the biggest problem with Harbor is that. Um, they, there's a mechanic they added to both his that, that is a part of both his cascade and his wall that it seemed like the Valorant team thought would do something but it absolutely doesn't and I almost wonder if they had something much stronger in place that they, need, that they needed to swap out because it was too good and what the I'm slow. talking about is the slow yes the mm-hmm. slow is a complete joke it makes like no difference whatsoever and I almost wonder if because uh, the word on the street is that Harbor was supposed to come out and act before he did, but they were having some problems really fine-tuning him, and so they delayed him. So maybe it was something like all of his walls blocked bullets or reduced de- damage from bullets or something like that, and they were like, okay, this is too much. I think he really needs something to make pushing through He needs another cascade. gimmick to, those, to that utility. Yes, yeah. yes, because the issue is... That was that was one of the biggest problems with pre uh, uh, wall pre smoke buff uh, viper, or I guess pre uh, pre toxin buff viper. That you know, yeah, you have this huge wall, but because it's so huge, people can like poke through it and get a good timing, and you know, there's no punishment for them doing that. And it's the same thing that's true about harbor. So that's where I think they need to focus. I really do think, I don't think they need to completely rework anything. Um, I think they need to do that. And then the other thing, which I think we've discussed on podcasts, we've certainly discussed it off podcast, is that the Cove needs to last for the same amount of time in terms of being a dome smoke, whether you break it or not. The fact that you can immediately, immediately gun down the protective shield and then the smoke itself dies in like one and a half seconds. uh, That's really what makes it so bad. If it stayed as a smoke after that, it would be a decent ability. Also, when the protective shield is up, that should fucking stop mollies. Um, be, be that, like that might be too strong. I, I, I think, think that might be, might too, be strong. too strong. It shouldn't stop mollies. I think that alone gives him some pick, right? Well, it gives that, him the yeah, obviously. Yeah, I think that's, so, yeah, I think that's a lot. Ability, yeah. yeah, that's that's a great ability. But I, I, think, I think that I, 
one, I agree that there, we've talked about this when he first came out, that there's something missing from his kit. And I think the running theory is that it was the walls blocked bullets because that's yeah. literally visible in the trailer for Harbor. Right. Where he puts up a wall and it blocks bullets. Uh, so it's something like, I think that the theory that, yes, they, they delayed him for an act. The trailer the cinematic was already done. It was completed previous to this. And they were like, we don't need to change it. It's a small clip. And there's yeah, still an ability that does block bullets. So they're like, well, we don't need to change that aspect of it. Like, we'll we'll just run with the same cinematic. And then he came out and it didn't block any bullets. Like, the, the wall. So it seems like there is something missing. The slow is bullshit. Everybody knows it. Uh, unless you, like, you know, maybe instead of, if they think that blocking bullets is too strong, like, and they like the slow mechanic... Have it lasting. Like, this is a five-second slow for pushing through. Yeah, or I, I think that would be a big help. Also, sort of related to that, I feel like we've discussed this on podcast, but maybe not. I want to say cast through this out, but make, or maybe it was Reddit. Basically, make his his water walls actually have some thickness to them. So, you know, they're yeah. like, you know, a player and a half thick. And so now I you think can we talked about that too. Yeah, you can increase the slow by just a teeny bit now. But the fact that you know you you have to invest into pushing through the water, and then now your gun is really sticking out significantly before you actually poke your head out, like you know, that's significant. Or oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. So that would help. Yeah. No, I, I I like Chase's idea though of like it just you're slowed for longer after you now five five seconds is a long time so probably not five but like five seconds but like yeah like two and a half three i could see that and then the the other thing i was saying is like now i i don't know how you would make this work in regards to interactions with the spike but i think it'd be interesting if his cascade physically pushed you back while it's moving It'd be, I feel like that'd be kind of busted. Maybe, like breach ult style, but like maybe yeah, not. As, yeah, yeah. Not quite but, as breach ulty. Yeah, breach ult style, but not that insane. You're also not going to get stunned. Not, obviously, you're not going to yeah. get stunned. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be cool. And like now, again, I don't think it should remove you from spike. Yeah, because then you have two of them. Because then you have two of them, and that's like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if they would want to introduce some anchoring mechanic if you're holding defuse or whatnot, but like I think it'd be kind of cool if you could push people back with it, and then maybe the tug isn't quite so significant. So like if you're fighting against it, you can push through. You know, if you're holding W, right? Yeah. Like you could, it wouldn't it wouldn't drag you all the way back. But now you're holding W, and someone can be peeking you. Right, and so like, you're not going to be accurate. Um, yeah, I really or, like that idea because it fits very thematically with the idea of like a wave you're sending forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, or I'm thinking like Neon with her run boost or like extra run speed could probably just get through it and ignore it, and then like Jet Dash would be able to dash through it and not be significantly affected. But like, but then you're dashing be potentially cool. into the entire team. Of yeah, exactly. Throwing it. Yeah. Right. Um, I I think it'd be cool. I don't know if it would be broken or not. I don't maybe, think that would maybe be very would, broken. Maybe it would be too strong, but I, I just think it'd be cool if, like, it could physically push people back. 
in some capacity. Because like Hunter said, it, it makes sense with you throwing a wall or like a wave at somebody. Yeah, I think and we've been we've been over a lot of these, and yeah. there's a lot of ways that Harbor could be buffed. But I think it's a resounding he needs to be. There needs to be something oh, yeah. extra. And they already tried by giving him an extra. Yeah, that was not even a try. That was like barely an attempt. Yeah, and it's like there's it no pity. Pity. Yeah, I, I I think one of the real issues here is like. He just has no delay. He has no stall on defense. And yeah. I think that's always the thing that like people come back to is he might be better on attack than Viper is, potentially. But he doesn't have the post plant and he doesn't have the delay on defense. And so why would you pick him over Viper? And yeah. in, in the same way how we're talking about, or at least I was saying that uh, Jet and Chamber are in direct competition, this is even more evident that Harbor is in direct competition with Viper. Right. And so, like, obviously the, the healthiest possible meta would be on maps where you want a wall smoker, Harbor and Viper both have a... An call equal it pick rate. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe not quite 50, because some, some teams will want to play Omen or Brim wow. or whatever. Will they? they? Well, I would, I would say a quick, quick counterpoint to that, which is that um, I think what could also be healthy is that if... Harbor's utility is buffed in ways that we're suggesting where they don't necessarily add a ton of delay, but they add a lot of like aggression. Then maybe you could look at instead of the double initiator meta that we see swapping out your second initiator for Harbor as a second controller, along with a dome smoker in a situation where you wouldn't normally be running Viper. Right. Like that, would, in, instead yeah. of being double initiator meta. Right. Yeah, right. Makes I, sense. I think the one problem with that is when you look at the double initiator meta, it's a, you're looking at a an initiator with flashes, and then you're looking at an initiator that's being or an initiator that's either fade or sova being the info initiator. Well, I mean that that kind of does come down to one of the uh, one of the biggest issues in the game that also needs to be fixed, which is that you'll notice three out of the five least picked characters are flashing duelists and you know, the fact that you need an initiator to flash in the meta versus having a duelist who flashes, that is kind of a problem in and of itself. Like for my idea to really, for my idea to really sing, you would really need Yoru, Reyna and Phoenix, some combination of them to be seen as a viable flasher for your team. Okay, I, I think part of the problem though is like, you want, like, you want your flashes to be around for the round, right? And the problem that, that Yoru, Phoenix, and Reyna all have is, well, Reyna's a whole separate argument, but, like, Yoru and Phoenix is, like, those are agents that, like, when you're picking them as your duelist, you want them to go in. And that's what they're designed to do. But also, they've got a good chance of dying and leaving you without flashes. Well, and specifically, would... specifically yeah. Phoenix, who doesn't have a movement ability, right, is his job is to get in, Take space, like he's he's purely an entry, and I personally think Phoenix does the job of an entry really, really fucking well. And so, in ranked, you can get a lot of value. Get off ready, it. Chase. Um, yeah. is like Phoenix just as an entry does a really fucking good job of that. But the problem is, oftentimes you're gonna end up using both your flashes on the entry, 
you're going to flash off the close angle. And then you're going to flash off the angle to get yourself inside. It is often how that plays out. And then you're left with no flashes because his flashes don't recharge. So now, while you're while you're definitely correct in your assessment of the fact that, you know, duelists flash and die a lot of times, I don't think that's necessarily a deal breaker if the duelists were seen as valuable for their, you know, valuable in a team comp because once flashes are most useful in gaining space that you do not already have. And obviously you want to, it's nice to have them to hold on to space, but I think then controller utility and sentinel utility is much more valuable than flashes. So I think if the duelists overall are seen as worthy of being in a team comp, you wouldn't worry too much about the fact that they might flash and die because that initial flash is the most important one of the round. Yeah, but if your if your hit isn't successful, right? And now yeah. this is a problem that Phoenix has more so than other agents. But he flashes. You know where he's swinging. You're full blind. You fire a couple shots. You head tap him as he swings the angle. Right? Because he doesn't have a lot of time from when his flash comes out to when he can be swinging. And so you'll right. see it happen all the time, right? Well, is... I mean, sure. But I think the problem with that, Cass, is that we're talking about the pro level here, where it, specifically we're talking about you running single initiator where your initiator is an info initiator. So in that case, if in a pro team setting, the Phoenix before he flashes likely at least knows some common places where the enemy is not because of the initi initiator utility that's been thrown. So yes, the the person who's receiving the flash knows where phoenix is but phoenix also has a pretty good idea where they are and can make good you know get good value out of his flash like you know if you look at scream playing phoenix one of probably the best phoenix in the world uh you know at the current sake <laughs> yeah that's why that's why i specified at the current moment you know dr mm -hmm. tsm okay. drone was fucking disgusting on drone phoenix back, back in the, the day, day was yeah was absurd on phoenix right but Wait, didn't Drone change his name? Is he, isn't he no longer Drone? I, I mean, I watched him when he was TSM Drone. I have no idea what he's going by now. Is that not Victor? No, it, it, uh, it was, uh, I believe Caboose is Victor. Okay. I, I, I thought he changed his... Yeah, Victor changed his name, but I'm pretty sure it was not... No, Drone. Caboose is not... Yeah, never mind. Is it, are you sure it's not Victor? I'm pretty sure I'm looking it up right now. Food. Food was Victor's previous name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm quite confident that Drone was benched and has faded into obscurity. Got it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. At any rate, I feel like there's not a lot that, like, you're in that scenario. Like, yeah, we really want Phoenix. When you could just have that person be KO. And now I get it in the context of what you're talking about, Scream. A guy who is known for his mechanics and head tapping people specifically like like yeah. scream is known for his one taps um he made a name for himself in cs by just firing a single bullet knowing he's gonna fucking hit their head um now a player like that when he takes some chip damage yeah the the wall and the the molly to heal yourself is that that's pretty solid but for most other players who aren't as prolific in their aim, KO just brings more to the team. 
Well, and that's the problem. Like, I fully agree with you. I'm just, I'm just saying that in the scenario, that's, that's why I'm saying that's the problem. That, mm -hmm. you know, if those duelists were buffed or the initiators nerfed, if the balance was shifted in some way at the pro level, and I don't even know if that's like what should happen, but just saying that if it did happen, that's what would allow better for, you know, Harbor to be a double controller in a team comp versus having a, a flashing initiator and an info initiator. Mm -hmm. I can I can see that. Got any thoughts, Chase? Not particularly. Yeah. Um, one of the other things though that I think should be brought up to a certain extent is Silva's pick rate's probably gonna drop quite a bit. Why is that? Um, and Killjoys is also probably gonna go up quite a bit. Oh, because you're talking about the uh the, the new maps. The new maps, yeah. So right. you don't you play... take away you take away Bind and Breeze. Well, Breeze yeah. is 100% for Sova, right? Mm -hmm. So you take that away. You're I probably mean, Killjoy not... might go up. Oh, I think Killjoy is going to go up for is, sure. Is Killjoy meta on split? I don't even remember. I don't know if... I, I, I don't think it's so much that Killjoy is meta on split, but like Killjoy is going to be meta on Lotus. Oh, right, 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 yeah. There, there are no two ways about it. You are going to pick well, a Well, Cypher might on... also be very good on Lotus, so I think you're going to have a at least at the beginning, a mix of, of teams playing either Cypher or Killjoy. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because Killjoy's ult, you guys were saying, is really good on Lotus, which I fully believe. But having global utility to prevent flanks without having to camp around your utility is massive for Cypher. It's, it's a big map. Yeah. and Not that big. But it's a, it's a big map, and it's really easy to flank. So therefore, Cypher has a lot of utility. I would say it's a small map, but it's fast-paced, where it's nice to not have to camp around your utility. I, I would be amazed if Killjoy isn't pushing 100% on Lotus. The, the I, I would be amazed. Nuts. The lockdown is nuts, but I, I just think that the global, the global trip of Cypher is hard to ignore. Um, Maybe, I, I, I mean, kind of agree. I think, I think that you're going to have a mix. Um, and does that edge to... Killjoy, maybe. I couldn't tell you which one it edges towards. Yeah, one of the biggest okay. things we've said on this podcast is that agents are almost never, except in extremely weird cases, picked solely because of an ult. And for that reason, I lean towards uh, Cypher over Killjoy. Yeah, but like, I still think, I still think Killjoy is the better. Fuck you, you're not coming to this site in particular, agent. Whereas Cypher's a better spread agent being you know his shit is global um yeah but and i think that i think the way that the meta of lotus is going to play out is we want to go at on attack like we really want to go at and i think just having a killjoy on a being like fuck you get out of here is gonna be really fucking good because B, both B and C are hectic sites to fight for. Yeah, I'm like, not sure about that first assumption you made. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, after you get spiked down, they're both really hard sites to hold and effectively fight for. Um, and there's not a lot of places you can be on site to hold, so you have to be kind of pushed off, back, out of sight. Like, C is just a fucking clusterfuck. And B is like, there's no room. It's so congested. I think so, A is like, kind of a clusterfuck, too, though. But A is the least cluster fucky of all of them. 
It's like if we're gonna be know. in a post plant, I'd want the post plant. I don't know. I think that. it might be C. I here's the here's the thing. I agree that the post plant on A is strong, but a lot of that comes from the fact that you can be in the room with the tree and the rotating door in your post plant. But here's the thing: the defenders can as well. I feel like A is also a very defender, a defendable site. Um so much so that I kind of see some distant similarities to B site of bind where very strong in both defense and post plant. So like, yeah, if you could plant there, that would be nice, but it's also going to be tough to get in there. I think. Well, okay. So I'm going to disagree with that. C from, from attacker side, C only has one entrance on Lotus. Sure. You can only get in there by going lot. That's the only way. Okay, to same, same with A. But but A has a revolving door. As another way in. So you I can mean, so split into A. Does C? No. Revolving door takes you to B. Well, you have to come from, from C. You have to come from B to get to C. Is what Cass is saying. If no, you're going to go through the revolving door. That only gets you to where the choke is. You have to go through B to get to either revolving door, right? No, no, not correct. Oh no, I was thinking yeah, the revolving yeah. door was the breakable door. No, yeah, no, no, you're no, right, no, you're no, right, no. you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking that was there, um, no, okay. but you're, you're right. I've only played one fucking game on. Like, I haven't played a single Swift play on on Lotus. I played okay. one game on Lotus, so forgive me. Really, you haven't played any Swift plays on Lotus yet? Damn, you've been missing out. I've Good been time. working nonstop. To be fair, I've only played one. Cringe. Um, <laughs> okay. At any rate. There's only one fucking way into C as an attacker. Unless you take B control first. And then you can push through and get to C link. Yeah, and, and similarly to Haven, if you take B but, control early, then you've kind of had a huge leg up on the round. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it, it's there's there's no garage the way that Haven has. Like, there's no garage entrance into C. And A is somewhat similar in that you've got quote-unquote, long and sewers, as in you've got the main way, you've got a main, and then you've got revolving door. Um, and so there's still two ways to get into A. There's one way to get into C, and then B's got the breakable door, that close entrance way, the, the main way in, and then you've got the revolving door kind of area-ish. But still, that just leads you to the main entrance to B, which is the same as you not using the revolving door. So... Like, you want to go A on attack, and you want to break that breakable door to potentially rotate off and go B and put that pressure on the defense. But I feel like you you really want to fucking go A and get the plant down A. I mean, I, I think I would agree if you're thinking in the same sense, in the same way as bind B site. We're like, yeah, you want to go there, but, like, you might not be able to. Because I think between the tree revolving door room and between the high-low options for the defenders on A-Site, I think A-Site is, once people figure it out, going to be very strong for the defense, both post plan. Yeah, and, and there's, there's, one, there's one long angle that you have to cross to get onto A or... Yeah, the best hopping angle on the whole map. Yeah, is, yeah. is A-Long. And you have to cross that to get to revolving door even. Omen, Astra, Jet can easily get across that. Um, thinking sure. who else? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can smoke it off. Like, there's to do I, that. 
You I could mean, hard smoke it, which is probably why you don't want to play Brim, because you're probably going to want to hard like you're probably going to want to smoke your cross on that almost every round, and Brim doesn't want to waste a smoke there. But oh, I was going to say like Brim might be good because he can place a smoke there because he has three. But like, yeah, you are going to want to like hard smoke that probably yeah, like, every round. What I'm saying is you might not want to hard smoke it every round. Like you might want to Astra recall, you're saying? Or yeah, like... yeah, that's what I'm saying. Astra recall, Omen TP, Jet Smoke, Cypher Cage. Like those those are all things you can use to get across or to even faint that somebody might have gotten across that angle without having to commit a whole ass smoke to. And in in the case of Omen, where his smokes recharge, or Astro who has, you know, more of them, right? Maybe you will want to hard smoke that sometimes. But as Brim, when you only got three smokes. I don't know if you're going to want to hard commit a smoke to that almost every fucking round. Yeah, true. Yeah, definitely, definitely true. Um, okay, the other thing I was going to say is there's a bunch of, you know, interior elements of Lotus. So I don't think Sova's going to get picked a lot there. No, Sova's probably going to have a 0% yeah, pick. There's, there's probably going to be no good. Unless you're average that. Jonas. Yeah, I, yeah, I will say I started off my swift plays on Lotus thinking I'm just going to play Sova to get ready for the next act. And I hated. Hated playing him so much, I was like, "Fuck this, never mind," <laughs> and switch back to Neon. Yeah, I don't think Sova's gonna have a good time yeah. on that map. Um, so I think yeah, I made it for request being able to play on. Fade on that map. We'll we'll see if you, the council approves my request. I'm not gonna make it yet. We'll see, but that might be in for the future. And see, can the council approve my request to play Chamber instead of Cipher? Council's not <laughs> going to approve their request. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, so I think Sova's pick rate's gonna drop, and I think Killjoy's pick rate's gonna go up. I'm I think not necessarily on, on Killjoy. I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see where splits split ends up. Um, because you can't play both sites as Chamber anymore, so I don't think Chamber's gonna be super viable. But opping in general on that map is pretty good, so maybe, but why not just play Jet? And then... I, Killjoy in general is better on A, and then Cypher in general is better on B. Sorry, I lost track for a sec. What side are we talking about? Split? Yeah, yeah. Map is split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Killjoy is better on A, Cypher is better on B. And so I think it'll be interesting to see what people do. Because also, keep in mind, you probably want to Sage. I mean, Cypher was kind of meta on Split at one point. <laughs> yeah. So could could be coming back around to that to be a cipher yeah. map. Could be. Yeah, you you mentioned yeah, Sage jet. was always meta on split, so Sage mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. You mentioned oh, yeah, jet the raise cast. is also That's meta. Right. You might just not pick. Mm -hmm. The raise is also super meta on that map. But opping is so fucking good. I know. I'm I'm actually really interested to see how that meta shakes up. Yeah, I, I will say from my memory of Split, I feel like uh, it was one of the, well, I mean, I know for a fact that it was one of the maps before Chamber was a thing and when Jet was meta, where frequently you would not play Jet. Some teams did, yeah. but it was the biggest, it was Jet's lowest pick rate map, I'm pretty sure, back in the back in the Jet meta days. So, you know, if we extrapolate that forward, since they didn't really change it that much, it might be one of the maps where teams are feel the least need for a dedicated opper. Yeah, but Which, dude, Chamber was also stupid good on that map. Well, yeah, well, Chamber is dead, so. 
Yeah, like Chamber was... <laughs> yeah, we went over that. Chamber yeah, yeah. was ummy good on split pre-Jet right. not getting... Or, like, which I think had a result of... Or, like, resulted in you don't pick a Jet, you pick a raise. Um, well, well, no, 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 Cass. What I'm saying is before Chamber entered the game, people would hmm. pick raise over Jet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, that's that's why, famously, Tens was playing Rays on split and sucking. <laughs> was that right, pre-chamber, right. though? Yeah, that was pre-chamber. Yeah, that was pre-chamber. Because for yeah. a while, Sentinels just didn't run a chamber because they didn't know who the you fuck know, that, that was on That was, like, in at the start of Sentinels' decline rather than, oh, okay. you know, when they really fell off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what, what I was going to say is that when you were talking about Jet there, Cass, I was, thinking, I was thinking back to what you said earlier in the podcast, which is that what if Chamber is more of a Jet competitor than a sentinel competitor and what i kind of wanted to throw out is what if they don't change his sentinel utility as some would like to call it even though i think it's an oversimplification which is his trademark and instead they completely revert the headhunter and alt nerfs do we think that that would cut into jet's pick rate rather than the sentinel pick rate and would that be a good thing? no fuck that fuck that it wouldn't like I honestly would be happy to see that. I did not have a problem with with uh, Chambers Headhunter or Alt. I, I I don't think there are a lot of people that have a problem with Chambers Headhunter. I think that was mostly just like a yay nerf. Um, <laughs> but his alt was obviously like his alt, his alt was stupidly difficult to trade because you know he's ready to fire again when you're gonna swing him, right? Like his alt was dumb difficult to trade, and also when you whiffed with his ult, there was a good chance you could get a second shot off and get that kill before they killed you. Right? And, like, I think that was the biggest thing. Like, the ult nerf is by far and away, in my mind, the most 100% warranted nerf. I disagree. Straight up. I disagree. I mean, we we discussed on the podcast the fact that the ult is now worse than a regular op. Which means... I thought we... we Lower, not worse. It's slower. Well, it's here's the thing. Now that they remove the one shot to the legs, it is slower than an op, but it has a slow field on kill. So that's the trade off. Mm-hmm. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it's free, yeah, credits wise. Yeah. Right. So like, it's sort of they, a. They, it's not a direct upgrade over yeah. the op anymore. It'd be nice if they gave it the one shot to the legs back. I yeah. like. It's not super relevant. Like there are several times at the end of the round where I'm just like, motherfucker, I legged him. And, like, obviously, pre-any chamber nerfs, that would have been a kill. But, mm. um, no, like, the, the alt is the alt is fine. Like, I, I feel like that's not what needs to be changed. The the radius on the trip is single-handedly what I think is killing him. Well, Cass, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't at all relate to what you were saying with Jet. That his, the, his trip does not relate to his ability to compete with Jet as an opper. That relates his ability to compete with other Sentinels. That's that's why I was thinking along those lines. Okay, yeah, okay, sure. Like I, I get the argument that you're going for, but I think here, like I think the larger problem at hand here is, um, is like when I was saying that it's like if I'm looking at the option of playing Chamber versus playing Jet, is Jet has more utility for the team than Chamber can now provide, right? Whereas beforehand. Like, if you just look at Chamber's current TP mechanic as a yeah. glorified jet dash, because uh, that's all the a, fucking a range worst you get jet now. dash, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Um, in in ways, yes. In other ways, no, because jets and you yeah. now have to prime and you've got a timer. It, it, okay, if you look at it as just a different jet dash, because okay. you're going a short distance now with the TP, right? 
but say that they're both equal in terms of their ability to off a given angle. Yeah. Now, Jet has the advantage in being able to push up while that timer is active, and Chamber has the advantage of being able to stay his ground for as long as he wants. But let's say that those are relatively equal, right? What you get is, on Jet, you have a bunch of entry potential for your attacking side. And the trade-off to that used to be, well, Chamber had his trap on defense. Now his trap is so fucking limiting that, like, you can't, there's so many places that, like, you would want to put your trap that you just now can't. Yeah, I mean, Earl, it sounds to me like it's a it's a combination between competing with Jet and competing with other other Sentinels then. Yeah. Oh, okay. it, well, it it's definitely, definitely a combination. Yeah. But, like, I think it's very interesting that uh, when, you know, when Chamber came out, uh, Jet's pick rate fell hard, and now the Chamber is nerfed, Jet's pick rate is going up really high. And so... You know, that's that's where I'm thinking maybe it's not maybe there. I mean, maybe there would be cases now that uh, KJ and Cypher are buffed that you would run either double Sentinel or Sentinel jet where the Sentinel is not chamber. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of think that if you do revert the nerfs that chamber oh, yeah, would I, have a healthy pick rate of not the, the sorry, revert the nerfs of the ult and the headhunter of not being God tier. But not being zero. No, I I think the issue is Jetsus offers so much more flexibility for mid rounding now, well, which sure. is just so important. Like it, it's yeah, and Astra offers a lot more flexibility for mid rounding than Brim, but like Brim yeah. still has a respectable pick rate, like less I mean, than Astra. But his pick rate seventeen percent. I don't know if you call that respectable, but it's better than the zero. It's better than it, zero. It's, it's two yeah. spots. It's three spots down from Astra. It's not like a, ga- a chasm. Yeah. Of okay. Well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, oh seventeen yeah, spots whatever. down from Jet. Yeah. Well, it could be sixteen because you're counting Harbor in between now. Um. Yeah. Okay, okay, but like, okay. So now let's say perfect equality here. You like you pick every agent the same, right? There's there's five smoke agents. Brim's not far off. What? From being the 20%. Right? Right. Okay. Like, Brim, Brim is arguably in a very healthy state right now. I would agree. And then you'd, you'd just say that Omen and Viper are, are too high. And presumably, if you changed Harbor, that would pull some of Viper's pick right away. And then Omen might just be too flexible, which the other controllers don't. Half. Well, which in which case they've just instituted a, a nerf. Yeah, they did just institute a nerf to Omen, and we'll see how that ends up playing out. Because you can't one-way things as effectively now. Now, I don't know if that'll... Especially on Ascent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, specifically on Ascent. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, just for oh, those who don't know what that is, because uh, I don't think we, we've talked about it on the podcast yet. Not as. Um, they have instituted a nerf to Omen where his smokes fall directly to the ground no matter where they're placed so you can no longer one way on like sneaky little brick angles on ascent um yeah. which is basically anywhere you fucking wanted on ascent no no the okay just slight caveat the the sneaky little brick machets work 50 percent of the time now 
like as you were right. saying like there there there's some of the ones that you can still get your one way to because it was like a lamp that it was being supported by right or like something sticking or like a, a ledge that would never be relevant aside from the fact that you can get an omen smoke to hang on it the the thing with ascent and split also had this factor um specifically in mid was you could get his smoke quote unquote stuck in the wall any height you wanted now like that's what you can't do anymore that's so, what i meant by sneaky little brick machets uh, okay but like there are some literal sneaky little brick machets that are still viable on ascent yeah those are just like good one-way angles but yeah but that... grim and astra still can't do them like mm. omen's still the only person who can do that Technically, anyway, cipher, it makes it way harder to, yeah. to one way, and there are a lot of one ways that you can no longer do as Omen, so it could cut into his pick rate. I don't think it really will, but I doubt it will. I think they did it for congruency's sake, but being like, hey, like you can't have a smoke stick in the wall wherever the fuck you want, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, all right, well. That's about all I got for that. Hunter, I know last week you said you had a, a topic of some kind. Do you still have that in mind? I do, I do, but uh I might want to put that aside a little bit more because there's one more um there's one more there, there's a couple things from these patch notes, which I just thought of because you were mentioning them. It might be worth going over real quick, and I don't think they'll take very long, but probably would be a good way to wrap up the podcast if that's good with you guys. Good. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so the big thing I want to talk about is there are a couple uh rr related changes so it says for all players ranked rating gains slash losses will depend slightly more on win loss and slightly less on the exact round differential of the match and then for players who are, whose ranks are far away from their mmr rr gains will depend more on individual performance instead of round differential so basically um if you're if your hidden mmr is really high then if you're doing super well even though your team isn't winning a ton of rounds, you'll climb faster. And if you're winning a lot of close games versus winning a lot of stomps, that's going to make less of a difference. Um, see, I see yeah. one really interesting takeaway from this. Go ahead. Which is the amount of FFs. Now, I always mm. thought the, the way that it was before, if you're getting stomped, that any round you stay in, you know, like a 13-3 is going to be better for your RR than a 13-0. Oh, hmm. Right? But now what this is saying is that that's not really the case anymore. It Slightly, probably, but less so. So it is actually incentivizing you to forfeit more than staking in a game in which you're being stomped. That is okay. really interesting. I hadn't considered We're that. There, there are a couple other takes I have on the changes as a whole, but just to respond to Chase here, I think even prior to the change, what you're saying was generally true. However, I think there was more importantly a couple factors at play here. Um, the most important factor being a lot of your hidden MMR was affected by your your encounter performance, yes. as I believe it's called, right? And so presumably if you're getting stomped, right? If I go 0 and 7 versus 0 and 8 against the other team's sky, for example, right? Who's way fucking better than I am, right? That it would be 
that like me FFing there voids me the opportunity of maybe going two and seven against them. Right. Which would be more in my favor, right? Is they're saying like, oh, like, hey, like this player was way better than you, but throughout these extra four or five rounds that you ended up playing, well, actually, if you're FFing, it's probably more than that. Throughout however many extra rounds you ended up playing, right? You getting a couple kills against that player who is has a way higher MMR than you do is is beneficial to you. That was more how I saw it than winning 13 or losing 13-2 is better than losing 13-0. Is hey, I think not necessarily because yes, what you're saying is correct, but what are the odds really? Like that's such low odds that you're going to really turn around your kill your like KD with a certain player on the other team within the next few rounds if you're going to stick in the game. But we can do is possibly win a couple of rounds. And that was always touted as like it's better to stick in and try to win a couple more rounds because you will go down less. Because the round differential did play a large part in how much you went down. But I'm saying if that's if if you lose 13-5 versus 13-8, that's a big difference in RR gain or loss. But now, maybe not so much. Yeah, I will say that when it comes to deciding where whether or not I wanted to surrender, it always came down to the fact that, you know, I ain't a fucking bitch. <laughs> I care about the amount of rounds. <laughs> I don't, I'm I don't just not going to wave either. the right flag, you know? But it's um, going to be cool if you come back from a 3-12 uh, to 12, uh, loss. You yeah, know, there's the chance for glory if you stay in there and no chance of you surrendering. I'm generally I'm more now. I'm generally not into the whole waving the white flag thing as Hunter was saying. Yeah. But like there are times when I definitely just want out of a game. Yeah, there are times where I'm not playing well, there's no comms on my team, everyone's mental is destroyed. I'm not having a good time and we're getting fucking stomped. Right? Like and you know what? It I would always stick in those games because fuck it, maybe I'm going to go down a little bit less if we get a couple of rounds here randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like, you know, get me out. Get me in the next lobby where I can actually be having a good time. Yeah, yeah okay, times so... that I voted for a surrender or a draw in overtime have been when I'm solo queuing and my team is hella toxic. Because then I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know, I don't want to win with these people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah that's, that's the only time that I vote for a surrender or draw. Yeah, usually there's someone on my team who's being super obnoxious, or like we get to OT, and now I've only had this situation come up once. There have been a variety of times where I've wanted this situation to come up, we just haven't gotten there, which is we're down a player. Yeah. We make the comeback. Or alternatively, we were at, or we make our way to 12 while being down a player for V5. They force OT, and it's like, okay, let's draw the first round OT, and then we all fucking tie. Um, and I've been in a lobby before where we we ended up making the comeback to 12-12. Um, and the enemy team was just like, like, yeah, we know you won't have the votes because you're down a player, because you need, what, six votes to tie? Yeah. And the enemy team was like, well, we'll vote for the tie if we get there. And then we lost both OT rounds. But, mm. um... Yeah, that's, that's a yeah, that's admirable brutal. of the enemy team, though. Right, but mm. it's just like, yeah, they're like, when I'm down a player, it's like, yeah, I want to get to I want to get to the OT vote. 
and I want to just vote for the tie. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I don't. I've never, I've never been at the point where I'm in OT, and I'm. I should take that back. I've done it once, and that's because I really had to fucking go to bed. Um, but like voting for the tie. I did it once because my team. There's one guy on my team who's incredibly toxic, and I'm like, I'm just done playing this. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes you really gotta go, and you're like, yeah. well, fuck. But I, I'm rarely in yeah. that situation. Uh, if ever been in that situation, I'll usually stick it out. Because um, like the games that go like sixteen, sixteen are fucking nuts. <laughs> you're yeah, right. Those are those are the best games. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you, like I, I fucking love me a fourteen twelve win or a boss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like a good you're like, damn, that was fucking good. Like, it's like, you know what? That was a fun game. We lost, but like it was competitive, it was tight. Like it wasn't just like like obviously it's less cool when it's like smurfy smurf. Yeah. But like when when everybody's, you know, pulling their weight, and obviously somebody's gotta be at the bottom of the lobby, but hopefully the utility's making up for that. You know? Um like obviously those are the best games. But the, the two things that I took out of what this was saying is they're like, hey, if your MMR is really high and like we're gonna count your performance a bit more, I think is them saying that like if you go fifty fifty on a Smurf, you're probably still gonna move up. Yeah. Even if the round differential isn't crazy. Yeah. Because if you're dropping thirty six, they're like, hey, your MMR is really high, even though you lost. We're we're not going to penalize you as much because we want to get you out of this rank. Um, and what was the what was the other stipulation that they said, Hunter? Well, those are the two things, right? Uh, round differential matters less, and performance matters more for people who are far away from MMR. I don't know if there was a third yeah. thing. Oh, okay. Um, well, the, the one thing that I was wondering, and now to play devil's advocate to the own point that I'm going to bring up is there's no good way to actually fucking implement this. But it sucks when you pop the fuck off and you lose and And you you go go down down. like 25. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, I am match MVP of this game that I lost and I go down Mm -hmm. the same amount as if I was bottom frag in that lobby. It's like, but there's (laughs) there's no way around that because... As soon as that's in play, it's like, oh, we're going to lose this game. I'm just going to bait everybody and go for kills. And just have no. a disgustingly good high... Like, I, I feel like that's yes, not really but, an issue, but... I like it, but I feel like you're... As, like, you can't... As, like, Riot can't ever put that into play. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think Riot can never put into play the aspect of, hey... You can lose less RR if you do really well. Well, actually, they, it's already fucking in play. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's already that's already in play. That's already in context. Yeah, Cassie, you, you you got confused there. Bonus. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I, I agree I with you that you can never have a situation where you lose a game and gain RR. That that's that's the hard. That's line. the yeah. You okay. can't gain RR, yeah. but like you should be able to go. Like I think that. If you're like match MVP in a game that you lose, now obviously your interaction has something to do with this, and so I don't know what stats they're able to track, and if you were getting garbage time kills all the time, if they're able to like understand that or or not, 
Um, but if if you were actually like popping off and playing well, and your team just loses you the game, you should go down like less than ten. Because like Hunter and I had a game where uh, this was many many episodes ago, but there was this guy on our team who top fragged highest ACS the entire lobby, but would constantly be in like one v fours, one v fives, lurking away from the team on icebox, and end up getting like three kills every round. And we'd still fucking lose because she was working on the other side of our map as the only fucking flash agent. Right. There's no, there's not a good way to go right? against that. There, there's, there's, no there's way, no, yeah. And that person in no circumstance should get any benefit to their RR whatsoever because they did Jack Dick for the team. Yeah. You getting three kills around in a one V five doesn't mean a fucking thing. Yeah. In yeah, and an that was, isolated. Yeah. Like, in an isolated individual round where we can harm their eco, you getting three kills there can be beneficial. But in every single round back-to-back when they have fucking max creds does not do us shit. Well, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and that so was in, in that the case, issue. there's not a way. Yeah, there's not a real way to do that. Yeah, and, and that's where I, I think back to when Ranked first came out where people... Right, hadn't really released much at all about how they were doing it. And the stereotypical thing was the Reyna, who would do exactly what Cass was describing with the Sky, where they would, you know, go for kills above all else, thinking that that would be beneficial to them. And maybe it was more beneficial than now. I don't know, but, you know. But I think it's okay if it is slightly beneficial because you're still going down, right? You, the only way you go up is if you win. And so if you go down less than everybody else, like, for, for playing that way, fuck it. You're still on a downward trajectory. Because if you're I, constantly losing your team rounds because of that. Yeah. Okay, technically, you can draw um, and go up in RR. The, the, yes. issue, the issue, Cass, I mean, the issue, Chase, is that if you already go up more in a win if you get a performance bonus. So yeah. if you also go down less in a loss for you know just getting more kills more so than you know that's already you, a thing that that's already what happens yeah, yeah it, it is already a thing. losses right, yeah. right but, but you're saying that it sucks you know when you're mvp and you go down a lot yeah. i think i think the issue is is it is it, is, it incentivizes a certain play style of getting kills are my number one priority not playing with the team so I, I feel like not tilting as much needle... because you're still going down. Well, no, but what I'm saying, Chase, is that it doesn't just work when you're going down. It gets you more yeah. up. So if you have that philosophy in every game, you're going to go up more and go down less. It's going to work both ways. And that's that's sort of a bit of a meta shift there. Yeah. Well, in, like... unless it's like the game is designed so that if you're not playing for your team to win, you don't win as many games. Well, now, but, this could yeah. be like the other four people on your team like are able to exec onto site and get and win the round themselves every time. Mm-hmm. But, like what? Like that's not going to happen every game. So I think you yeah. do lose more than win if you're doing that playstyle. That now that might be true, and there's no way to really argue against that without having some stats that Riot has access to. But I think that a Neon or a Jet who dives onto site. But gets and dies every round, gets zero fucking kills the entirety of the game, but gets their team sight every round, and you win the majority of your attacking rounds based off that, should go up the exact same 
as somebody who's going in and getting a lot of kills. And I don't know if there's, outside of saying, hey, your ACS does not matter, your KD does not matter, outside of that, I don't know if they, like, they have a system that has a good metric of saying, hey, you did this for the team. Right? Like, these kills that you got, those don't matter. These kills you got, they do matter. Um, and now, actually, that does kind of bring me to a separate, or like a semi-separate point. But somebody did bring up the idea of your ACS. Your, like, when you look at your total ACS, your ACS should only ever be counted for rounds that you win. And any round that you lose is automatically Ooh. zero ACS. Which... I don't really know about, but well, we don't okay. know how much ACS is even factored into your RR gain or loss. Well, according to Riot, it's not. Yeah, at all. It's your encounter. Yeah. MMR. Well, I mean, like, the, the way to do that would be your encounter MMR is only factored in if you win the round. Well, no, no, because your encounter MMR I think is still relevant. separate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your encounter MMR is is separate. But we're talking about just the scoreboard here for that other topic I brought up. Oh, oh it's like see, it literally only ever shows on the scoreboard, and it's like, hey, like you got four kills and we lost around anyway. Like you don't get any points. Like you only get points for rounds you win. And I think that could be interesting. I don't know. Be if that's interesting as a separate stat, maybe. Well, it's it's interesting because in Valorant, I believe you only see your ACS, whereas in Tracker, you see your ADR, your average damage per round, and your average combat score, which is factoring in other things. It's like weighted. So, mm-hmm. it what could be, you know, I think it'd be really depressing and confusing to players who don't really research this if it just if their ACS is just stupidly low when they're getting rolled, and they're like, "What the heck? I've definitely been doing more damage than that." But if, if Valorant showed both ADR and ACS, like Tracker does, then I think it could be a more useful thing to be like, oh, okay, well, clearly I wasn't getting enough impact kills because my ACS is way lower than my ADR. Or yeah, I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine getting 13-0'd, right? And yeah. the, like, Reyna on their team has one kill. And they're higher on the scoreboard than you with 20 kills. I mean, you picked the wrong agent for that example, but but sure. The rain on their team, if we're getting 13 owed, does not have one kill. It's, uh, a, five, it's a five yeah. duelist taunt. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, there, there are situations when I'm sure yeah. that happens. Is it really, really rare? Yeah. You got a smurfing um, jet and chamber, and the Reyna is just, you know, along for the ride. Is terrible. <laughs> oh, and yeah. they're higher like, on the scoreboard than you when you have over 20 kills, something like that? Like, that's Yeah, yeah okay, but like... And, yeah, I, I guess you raised the example of it literally being a 13-0, in which case your ACS, ACS would be is zero. zero. And so they'd probably have to come up with a different metric. Name it whatever the fuck you want to name it. But I think if you base the scoreboard off that, 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 that could be, you know, that could be interesting. Because I, I've often wondered this, right? In games in which I match MVP, but we lose. How many rounds, like, how many rounds did I really turn the tide in? Right. Versus well, not enough. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, is like, it obvious, though? Rounds... Maybe you did turn the tide, and then your team turned the tide back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Right. <laughs> um, But, like, yeah, like, how many rounds did I, you know, 
like yeah like you're and in my circumstance like there's definitely been times where i get three kills saving an off because people are fucking stupid well maybe not stupidly maybe they got the money to spare right and they want to get the off out of my hands right and so they 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 sacrifice three people trying to rush me down and i get three kills from that right like should that count to towards me being higher on the scoreboard I mean, maybe I technically did yeah, something. Yeah, you saved the op. I saved the op, but like me getting those kills. So the Witcher does not. If they have money now. to buy next round, that does not benefit my team in winning future rounds. Now, me saving the op might. Yeah, but say I say I ego peek off barrier drop next round and just insta die. You know, at that point, me saving the op did dick all. Unless one of my teammates... Well, sure, it I mean, it's just semantics it. at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Like, I understand that. But, like... I don't know. Just, just food for thought. Mm. Okay. Is that the end of the patch notes? Yeah, that's the end of what I what I wanted to talk about in okay. the patch notes. I, I think that might be a good stopping point, given that a certain... Yeah, I mean, not like not an actual topic to, uh, to talk about, but just something I wanted to mention before we sign off, um, is that notably not in the patch notes is the... Uh, is the tournament system. This is correct. Or, <laughs> Will this be another really thing like... that Riot promises around the corner and then a year later they say, oh, never mind, we gave up on it. Or or the replay system. Well, the replay well, they specifically said was not... That's yeah. exactly yeah. what I was referencing with that. <laughs> yeah. <ass>. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I want the replay, man. Yeah. yeah I want yeah. the replay. I also want the tournament. I think it'd be cool. But, like, you know, maybe a topic for another time again. Mm-hmm. Maybe when we have more information on when the fuck that's actually coming out. Yeah, wow, there, that was remarkably little speculation on something we know nothing about, which is a hallmark of our podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's mostly just because I'm fucking hungry and I need to warm up yeah. some soup and get that into my stomach. Mm. Alrighty, well, Chase, want to sound we'll, us off? We'll drink with you later.